0: Welcome to the exciting world of the movies.
1: Honestly, I really like or this disc, or whatever. BB,
0: because it's not even an MGM disc. It's a, a 20th century Fox. It was from that time period where uh, MGM, all their home was, video, oh, was, they were, hand, they were, having they were getting processed through okay. Fox. So it has the old original Blu-ray, uh, Fox Blu-ray menus, the menus. I don't know. It's just a cool system. It looks cool. Yeah. But uh, anyway... I'll leave that piece in. Why not? Movie Graveyard, we are back. I want to thank a sleaze fiend right now who got me out of podcasting podcast in retirement to keep this show going for a little bit longer. That's right, Bat 32. Bat 32, I know you're loving the Eras tour that's going on right now in movie theaters. Although people have thrown the prints out, the hard drives out of the movies, and they're just rocking and rolling in the aisles, dancing and singing and trading friendship bracelets. So, you know, while that's going on on the big screen, we're going to keep it sleazy on the small screen. Ain't that right?
1: That's right. This is a, this is an American classic. Like, I don't, you know, this, this should be, I don't know. It should be studied and analyzed by, uh, film school students. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you For know, sure. how to make a movie on 90, how to make $3 million on a $90,000 budget.
0: Exactly. Last, <laughs> uh, rape on the left. The classic, yeah. the Wes Craven classic. So we're going to go ahead and get it rolling here because we've already talked for two hours off mic. We don't really need to chit-chat. Right. <laughs> and, and by the way, if you're wondering if that two hours will be released as a bonus or maybe edited in after, no, we, we didn't record any of it. And what sucks, too, is we, we pretty much covered the entire history of this film while we were talking about it. But
1: No, not quite, but we talked about, like, video stores and, like, all yeah. that nostalgia Everything shit. you probably yeah. would
0: want to hear, like like not only, not only do do we go two months without recording an episode but then when we do record an episode we don't even record the episode we just we're just like we're you, catching you, up you you guys get the scraps when, when we actually do the commentary we're like left on fumes and like just nothing to go on I
1: think there'll like, be plenty of meat and potatoes with this one right.
0: so go and get it rolling there's way there are tons of different releases of this i have the mm-hmm. mgm slash fox release bat has is it the arrow release you have
1: that has two. He has the Steelbook Arrow. He has the three disc. He has the Vestron Beta tape. He has uh, the first MGM release on DVD. He has the.
0: <laughs> I know you have everything, motherfucker. Because yeah, talk got, about all the releases. Oh, I, you know what nightmare. I got.
1: Uh, I got the Turbine Blu-ray on its way oh, yeah, too. the Turbine. Three disc. I can't forget well, Turbine. Well, no, it's it's one blu-ray and two dvds and uh, but i figured out that mm. my uh my laptop plays a pal disc so hopefully the turbine disc is region free like my texas chainsaw or turbine 2 disc how, is how does, I, how
0: does your laptop get it in there does it have that little thing that pops out and you put the disc in there
1: yeah yeah it's yeah. not
0: like i i mean
1: like i see a lot of these new laptops don't have disc drives or anything yeah or mine does like old older one older hp uh damn i don't know what it is but i had to buy it was only like 50 bucks I, it's I probably bought got it that 480p
0: screen on it which would like look oh it's awesome. nice yeah yeah
1: no it's nice it's an older like i won't buy a if it, i won't buy a laptop that doesn't have a desk drive or like oh, yeah. you know any hard drive or i don't know what the hell they're doing these days the cloud or whatever yeah the shit that best buy sells right Chromebooks oh, I got a Chromebook shit. I bought a Chromebook By mistake And I was like What the fuck is this thing And I I kept Jeez. it just in case Because you could use it For streaming If it's I did that It's just good for porn but... though
0: Because you don't Like you don't really care If the virus claims Your $78 Chromebook
1: <laughs> Right That's yeah. about what I paid For that damn thing yeah. It's like brand new too so. Trust me
0: when, when I bought mine Which was like I can't remember How much mine was I bought a gaming laptop Just because it had All these slots For extra drives and shit Inside Uh hard drives and i was just like do i just say fuck it and save 200 bucks and get a chromebook or something but then i like the chromebook is like you can get the really cheap shitty ones that have the Mm slow-ass processor but if you want one the decent processor it's almost the cost of a regular laptop so i said fuck this i'll just get a a gaming laptop that has a good chip that's going to last you know a good amount of years so yeah so, so we have a pause at the disclaimer at the beginning because mine has an MGM logo. Bats wasn't an MGM release, so he don't have it. Doesn't that logo. have anything. Yeah, we're yeah. just going straight into like the the first part of the actual movie, and it's a disclaimer. Which, by the way, this is all BS. But you know what? Right. Ape Snake likes to keep it real. It says the events you're about to witness are true. Names and locations where the rapes have been happened to protect <laughs> those, li- you those individuals that. still living. I was like, wait
1: yeah. a minute. You have a different print <laughs> yeah. the
0: rapes. There's 80 different print. That's what we just talked yeah. about for two hours. But, yeah, the, it, it just starts out the events here, but the this are true. Names and locations of the rapes have been changed to protect those individuals still living. So we got to pause there. I want to say one, two, three, go. I want to hear you say go because you know, you know what to do. Okay, one, two, three, Go. And the disclaimer is, like, really not even on the screen for that long if, if that's going to be, like, the first thing that plays off your print. You know what I mean?
1: You know, a lot, you know, they – they this film has, like, a lot of firsts and, like, it kind of opened the door for the, the granddaddy to come along Chainsaw. Like, Chainsaw had disclaimer, but it was better. And then they uh, – obviously, Last House was the first time to use – I think it's the first time to use a chainsaw in a horror movie, but you know, like Toby Hoover was watching this, he's like, "This is brilliant," but I can do it better.
0: Yeah, that's what I <laughs>
1: thought. Like,
0: and I always knew about the chainsaw part thing because I this is about the uh, at least the fifth time I watched this when we watched it for the thing. This is the fifth time because I watched this twice. This movie I've seen this movie twice. I know. Um, on only VHS, twice you've seen D- this. D- D- well, no, before I got the oh, Blu-ray, okay. before I got the MGM oh, okay. Blu-ray, but like. I watched this when I got the MGM Blu-ray and I watched it not that long ago, like maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And then I watched it this time.
1: Um... Baby, I've probably seen this movie like a hundred times, if not more this, I've probably seen this as much. This has definitely gotten a lot of watch. It's not my favorite, like my favorite horror film is, I mean, we talked about on chains on the chainsaw commentary. That's my favorite horror movie. Bar none. Mm. And it's not even my second favorite horror movie. It's gotta be in my like top 10 somewhere for sure. For whatever reason. I, I mean, I yeah, never, it's not like.
0: I was never that fond of it because I just always thought of it as like a super, super low budget. But like, I'm not going to lie, like, especially since getting the blue, you know, and like seeing the, the quality, or I guess some people would say lack thereof quality. But like, to me, you know, it, it is what it is. Looks like a print. Looks, I mean, it looks like it's a blow up. We'll get into that. But yeah. It's pretty good looking and sounding on, you know, your HDTV or whatever. Like, it's a good way to watch It's I personally, I think it's better to watch it than like a VHS or DVD. But, um, cuz I remember read, written the DVD through the mail for uh, Netflix but um but yeah like I don't know like I like this movie every more and more every time I see it cuz like it grows on you yeah cuz the 1st I'll be real honest with you like I, I was always obviously interested in cuz this is the first movie by Wes Craven well it's not the first movie by Wes Craven but you know it's it, the, the together, first non together's snake. the first
1: one technically yeah. uh with Sean Sean Cunningham and that's how they like got together like craven was a, a professor at uh or yeah he was like a professor or whatever right at a university
0: yeah yeah
1: before he got into but he the was like starving
0: and shit though it wasn't like he was like well off or anything
1: no no i mean it's like professors didn't really make a lot of money back in like the 60s and 70s i don't think they really made a lot of money until like the late 80s until the and you got to like write a book and shit too i think yeah, like to be like, able to make money you
0: gotta have a side job Yeah. yeah but um I always thought of this movie as, like, kind of, like, a bullshitting around movie. Like, like, oh, they didn't have money, so, like, not a lot's happening. But, like, if you really get into it, like, even this early shit, like, first of all, it starts off the horny mailman. Like, he's basically, like, he strokes to the mail that comes to this house of this young girl, Mary, because he knows she's, like, super hot, and, like, he pulls up. Like, I, like, when you realize how sleazy it is, but then also, like, how much of a drama it is. Like, even the shit here, like, the parents, like... They're trying to convince their daughter not to be a slut. She's showing so much t- – like, basically, like, without coming out and telling her – and again, like, I, this is an offensive movie to a lot of people. Like, okay, if you're offended by rape in movies, like, don't watch this movie. Turn off this podcast right now because there ain't no what fucking way we can talk about this movie without – not just being honest about yeah, how fucking we can't sleazy PC. it is. Yeah, we, I mean, this. We can't I mean, not use that PC language. PC, but yeah, it's yeah. like, you can't
1: really... It's like, yeah, you if, had King come on here all the time, Mr. Zack. Yeah, so, I think... Some, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think,
0: I think Cum Talk is why we lost the, yeah, yeah. half our listeners, but... I know. actually
1: saw... I thought I saw... I don't know if it was uh, Apple reviews, but mm-hmm. I remember reading, like, a couple years ago, somebody saying that... Uh, I don't know. Something Too Zach said. Too much Yeah. It wasn't even just it was come talk. I think it was, like, something about raping something or whatever. And somebody was, like, oh, so no, offended. No, no, they, y-
0: y- you know, I know what you're talking I, it about. It's, a, it like, it's a like a forum review, review like or something. Yeah. But but I don't even think it's something. I could be wrong. But I don't even think it's something said. we said. It was. It, 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 it was. was. It was saying some woman looked like she had Down syndrome. And I don't think oh, any. Man, I don't think. it was. I, I don't think. I could be Zach wrong. I mean, I know it. I wouldn't have said that. But I don't think Zach would have said that either, to be honest with you. So I was like, did this guy it get sounded, confused? It
1: sounded like, man, I, Zach was on one time. I'm sure he, he might be listening. Man, he was on. And I was like, I don't know. He was talking about child molesters or some shit. And I was like, I just kept trying to get him. It was on an EC. And I was like. Yeah. Come on, baby, let's, uh, I don't, you get into, this is, like, a weird sleeve, I was like, we, we are, like, fun sleeves, I was like, rape, is rape, or whatever, we'll, we'll yeah. we'll, talk, we'll be fun, I know that maybe some women are like, that's not so fun, but, uh, you're getting into some, like, shit where, like, I don't know,
0: we're gonna get, it. like, I'm gonna have somebody, uh, knock on my door, like, do you well, know I this was, gentleman? I know there was something on his own show that somebody got offended about, because he said, look at that kid's mouth, and people took it the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it but anyway yeah, but, <laughs> but like if if you really go into this film with an open mind and you're not offended by anything that happens in a fictional movie, you're willing to watch it, you know. That opening scene where they're trying to talk to the daughter and they're like you can't wear that shirt to the um the concert and all that like it's too suggestive to. Like the, like Well, cuz you don't have a bra and you can see yeah, the nipples, like which the, you can. Be, between the lines. If you like that's what the between the lines like the parents are basically uh, warning to her that what does end up happening to them would happen to them. Like, you know right. what I mean? It's like an after school
1: special, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting in a way, though, that it shows that the, the older generation of, you know, and her parents are like, they're portrayed as being fairly square people, but it's like, they just know the truth of what happens in the world. And this movie's really about youth who just fucking, <laughs> oh, no, you're stupid. You're old. You don't know anything. This is, you know. You know. And next, next thing you know, but I like the thing that her and her friend before they take off for the concert, they have to go down the river to get their bottle of booze that they've hidden in the stream. farm. Yeah, the Boone's Farm, has, has that ever happened? Like, have you? I've seen that in movies and heard of that, but have you known anybody who did that? Who took, who hit a bottle of booze in water by putting a string on it?
1: I don't know. I think I think some of the stuff like because like I don't know like I I think like my mom was watching like part of this because I watched a lot when I was a teenager. Yeah, and I think she'd seen it anyway, and she saw chick. I mean, these girls are like dressed like you know chicks like my mom's era because my mom was like sixty six years old, so. Yeah. she she definitely this era and like, yeah, your mom probably remembers like this whole, you know, wearing these clothes and stuff. But yeah, I mean, they did like weird stuff like that. So, but my mom saw that and was like, oh, Boone's Farm, we used to drink that all the time. That's yeah. what we drank, like the teenage girls. So like, that's probably, that's probably like legit. Like, that's probably like Sean or, or Wes was like, yeah, we, we used to hide a bottle like that or something, but I want to talk about this actress that plays mary sandra peabody uh who never wanted she actually has been approached and uh she works at some university i I don't know if she's like a teacher or what like and i actually tracked the university down and stuff and i was thinking about like giving her a call because i had her phone it has the university like her office phone but like i've just read so much that because i want to try to get but i was just like for the magazine but i'm just thinking yeah like and then she's like what magazine and like, sleaze fiend oh no click <laughs> but uh because she don't want to do interviews with anybody even like legitimate for whatever yeah. reason not that she's like because she did people were like i don't know like if you watch the extras and stuff i'm like david hess and uh, mark scheffler here who's now we're seeing on the screen like they said and uh, even fred lincoln said oh she was afraid or whatever but even fred alludes that he thought she was being real method or whatever because they had the same casting agent and he worked with her in new york which is true she had worked on a bunch of other stuff um she's in this uh film um voices of desire which is actually decent um it's got some porn. Act- See, she worked with porn actors Chuck Vincent. He did a bunch of porn stuff, and this has got Marlene Willoughby in it and stuff like that. And it's only been released on VHS. It's pretty good. I really like that film. She did that after Last House, and then she's in another one that Vinegar Syndrome's Got on 4k and it's a decent film on uh, massage parlor murders so she did a bunch of she's in teenage hitchhikers too so she was doing a bunch of stuff and like i'll tell you voices of the desire is not on this level but it's still you know it's an exploitation film it's yeah. made by some rough type people you know in the film industry i mean you're you're dealing with some like people that are all not are kind of in like cross paths with like Warhol and like these type of art house type people, you know. So I don't think that it has anything to do with, you know, that this garter or anything like that. I I, what I've heard is people say, Yeah, you know, she's uh she just moved away from this and you know, she probably works at a university, so, you know.
0: I don't even think it's so much that she's probably trying to hide the shit. But I think it's probably just like once you talk about it three, four, five times and you realize people are going to ask you about this shit for 40, 50 years, it's like it gets old talking about it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, she doesn't want to talk about any of her other films for whatever reason. I don't – you know, I'm not really sure exactly. She doesn't want to talk about her film career at all whatsoever. And so she's been the only one out of the girls – like really the cast that, well – Yeah, pretty much all the cast that doesn't want to talk because like other than the one the the lady her name's Eleanor Shaw who played uh, Estelle um, Mary's mother I Mm -hmm. haven't seen her pop up but um, Richard Towers is actually in. Fleshpot on 42nd Street, which is, it is pretty fucking hard. I don't know if you've seen Fleshpot, but it's for, yeah, exploitation film, and actually uh, Vinegar Syndrome, I think they're the ones that unearthed this uncut, this hardcore, because it's got Harry Reams in it. There's a hardcore version and stuff. He actually plays this dude at the beginning it's pretty good It's like you know it's very sleazy Alternate role like when you, And it's right around this time period when he did it He's like this just like guy This dude that picks up this hooker And he like he's He likes to stay at his house and then uh, As soon as he goes to work she fucking Steals his TV and a bunch of other stuff And takes it down to the pawn shop Pawns it and stuff But yeah I mean like and you don't see him in any cart. And actually Fred Lincoln's Actually in that too as well um, who played weasel So but he doesn't you don't see him doing it I don't remember I don't think there's any sex scenes With that's, uh, that's weasel issue. I,
0: do, I really didn't know anything else that Fred Lincoln did To be honest with you
1: uh, Fred Lincoln is actually the most prevalent fucking dude He is in so many of these 70s No he did do a lot of 70s hardcore Pornography uh, That's where he came from actually So he he doesn't do any sex scenes In um in Flesh Pond on of Second Street But yeah dude go ahead and look his IMDB up he's done plenty of pornos um and been a porn performer i'm surprised he was like didn't he wouldn't whip his dick out for this maybe they didn't want to to go that route even though yeah i mean you get like c bush and stuff in those uncut scenes or whatever but i'm i'm surprised he he wasn't more like i'll get buck wild like I'm, i'm used to it you know so yeah um but yeah fred lincoln um yeah he was a he even directed a bunch of stuff so and you can see he's very calm that's the thing like
0: he looks like that actor brendan fear i don't know if you know who that guy is uh, but i, I, I swear so. he looks like he could be brendan fears uh dad really okay like, he looks just like the nose the teeth everything
1: um but anyway yeah he was like the most seasoned uh you know film person like uh, and then um sandra and lucy grantham who played uh phyllis they both had done stuff before this they were the most i think they were the most seasoned i don't i don't believe david hess had done anything before this film i don't think jeremy rain had done anything
0: but like they're all david hess was obviously a musician before this film
1: yeah and he had written music for elvis too as well i think he wrote uh i don't know if he wrote blue suede shoes i think i heard he wrote blue suede shoes like the music and stuff for that song so interesting Yeah, Yeah, I think I've always heard that,
0: too, and I always
1: wondered if it was real. Yeah, no, he he has a bunch of writing credits and stuff as far as just, like, music writing. Um, Musician-wise, I think this was, like, the soundtrack here was his first big thing, uh, doing uh, the entire soundtrack for Last House. Like, all this music you hear is his everything even like the instrumental stuff this is all um... and on,
0: honestly like we'll get into it i have some really good uh reviews from blu-ray.com of this movie that talk about the the music but okay. i'll be honest the, the the music is uh is kind of what really like i'd say 50 percent of why i enjoy this movie
1: yeah because it's upbeat and i always thought yeah. it was bizarre um and i remember i hung out with this buddy that we used to short shoot short films and he always had this idea and i don't know if i showed him this film or not and this was way before we had seen this film he always wanted to put like fucked up shit on in like a film and then have it juxtaposition to like upbeat music yeah and then I finally I was like there's this film that's doing it has this that you know you've been talking about for years I was like it's been done yeah. but he wanted to put way more fucked up shit you know what I mean like I don't yeah. know w- much more hardcore shit going on and bizarre shit to this you know upbeat music like I get it and stuff but yeah that's what makes this film a little bit weirder Is because it's got all this like I don't know Dude,
0: I, I, I don't know if you have access to your phone, because you're probably, I, I don't know if you're using yeah, I'm your actually,
1: phone. Po- I'm actually running, running the podcast through it right okay, now. Okay, yeah.
0: I was going to say, because on Facebook Messenger, I sent you a picture of Brendan Fear, the young weasel. You can take a look after we're done oh, recording.
1: I can, I, can, I can probably zoom, zoom this down. Yeah. Okay. Let me look here. But, yeah, uh, t-
0: tell me how. And that, that's kind of the older photo of the guy. Like He still looks the same now. He just has shorter hair, but, but um, yeah. But I want to say Phyllis
1: uh, Lucy Grantham. She was in a bunch of loops, a bunch of porno loops, and uh, actually—that's what I was re-
0: going to say. I thought somebody from yeah. this movie was 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 on loops at uh the was it the one that you got the coins from the Peep World or whatever? Um, well, no, what I uh yeah, one
1: of the it was the uh, I want to say last issue of Sleaze Fiend. I actually did a review of one of the it's um what they called these is like loop holders or something where they would take like all these loops and then turn it into a feature and there's this one that i got i find i tracked it down and um it's an in, in german so i don't know what the dialogue is but she actually is fucking harry Reems and some other dude chubby dude or whatever in this threesome and i actually reviewed like the film just as best i could like i obviously i don't know what the hell they're they're saying, but I got some screenshots and that's it's for sure her. I don't know how many I believe it's before this. But yeah, I mean basically they were in um uh Sean and Wes were like involved with a bunch of these porn people in New York City and also Screw. I think that they maybe they use Screw to put out ads. Um I wanted to mention there's just so much to talk about, but when they were in the like uh um, the baddies, uh, you know, crash pad there. Uh, yeah. Weasel was. We, by the way, we didn't mention screw. the cat
0: either. The shots of the cat, I really liked that cat. He was a pretty sleazy cat to be hanging that, out in the crash was, pad. That uh, cat, so Wes
1: Craven's cat, apparently.
0: Then that was yeah, probably Wes Craven's crash like pad, it. then.
1: Yeah. 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 That actually, actually, that was Wes Craven's apartment. Actually, okay. I was listening to the commentary the other night, and it, yeah, he was like, him and Sean were like, "That was your apartment, wasn't it?" And he was like, "I don't know if he wanted." He was kind of like, yeah, because it looks so shitty. But it's that one's in New York, actually. <laughs> and was and
0: he York, didn't want to admit that's where his three kids, the, the mattress the cat was laying on, that's where his, Wes's three kids slept at the time.
1: Yeah, that's kind of crazy because, like, his son is the one with the balloon that uh, when David Hess comes yeah, he down, pops he pops it. Pops
0: yeah. it that's, yeah.
1: But um, uh, Angela the Fireworks Woman, which you haven't seen, which he did after this. Apparently, I've just seen
0: the a, end scene. Of, uh, oh yeah,
1: seen, yeah. Yo, yeah baby i gotta because that's probably never gonna get nobody's ever gonna put that out well so vinegar I can't, can't
0: do it now the, the great mighty vinegar syndrome oh, can't can, do it anymore have yeah, they got to make a sub-label thing. No, they already
1: got the sub-label. The sublabel is already up and running. They but they got to keep it separate, label. baby. We, we got to yeah, keep gotta it on be the separate. Download. Some of the stuff. Which, which, which by cool. the
0: way, how are you the sleaziest whatever syndrome? And then you have an MGM license, and you don't put out Last House on the Left. Just saying.
1: If they wanted to put that Roadhouse
0: out. Oh yeah, Roadhouse yeah. was more important to the. Oh
1: uh, baby, because uh, Arrow has the U.S. Cause I mean that that those these Blu-rays are not fucking region locked. These are U.S. releases that Arrow put out. Yep. Arrow went in. Arrow's been in the game longer, so they've got the mm-hmm. they got the best pick, I guess.
0: They got that Zavi money backing them up.
1: I don't know what's going on, but like they do get the best MGM picks. It's like okay, we got Last House, and they must have licensed it for ten years, mm-hmm. cause. I don't know. They just keep, keep selling. Now they have that standard. They've got Whoa. a standard one We, we, we Wait, should so.
0: say we're 18 minutes into this and the rape has started already. Cause they made, they tore open the girl's shirt. Well, somewhat. I don't, you expose know, this one's, her breasts. As, yeah. this one's
1: not quite as, yeah. But, um, uh, Jeremy rain. Uh, she was, um, so she hadn't, I don't know if she did any, I haven't really looked. I got her autograph. Actually. There was like a, I got like one of these little cards or something she must have signed. I got it for really cheap. Um, but she used to be married to Richard Dreyfuss. Interesting. I don't know if she was with him when this movie was made or not. Because yeah. I'm like looking on her Wikipedia and it says from 83 to 95. So I don't see that she had any kids. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she, I think three three children. Ben Dreyf, including Ben Dreyfuss.
0: I heard the youngest one looks a lot what like uh, Wes Craven, but I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I would think
1: that uh, David David Hass might have gotten a little piece here. During yeah,
0: David Hess.
1: So, um, so yeah, so we 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 talked about the cuts when we weren't recording, but um, there are so many different. So I have the Vestron, I have the Vestron Beta tape here, and uh, I originally seen this on the Vestron VHS. Uh, this was way long ago, so I don't remember it. But I was reading that that's an alternate cut that has stuff in it that the Arrow and the MGM release uh, does not contain. Um, pretty much every 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 release that I've ever seen of this is slightly different. Except for the arrow, the arrow uncut is pretty much identical to your what you're watching. That's why yeah. these are – we think there's a seven-second difference. But I yeah. don't yeah, – yeah, I don't know exactly. Because, like, where are you at
0: now? Is it, like – is it on the, the father right now? Yeah, and the camera's like, kind of moving around the room. Yep. So I think we're all right. I think we just got past it cuz the lion was inserted for this release, but Well, I counted that. That you you're, you're is that's actually 10 seconds,
1: but there was still a yeah. 7 second uh difference that I couldn't account for. Other than ears, must have the lobster logo at the end.
0: I thought it did it at be- the end because I thought like, oh, that's weird looking when I saw it the other night. Maybe that last seventh, maybe that logo. You all, it's
1: on the M- original MGM um, DVD, and then I think Lionsgate mm-hmm. put out the one with the, um, which is what your DVD I believe or your Blu-ray has is the. Uh, it's like a giallo black glove over the girl's mouth. Yeah, yeah. The original MGM, which is what the VHS I had, and then the DVD I got, and I still have it. It's in my storage unit or something, but uh, it's got, like, this, um, I don't know what it is. It's like a, I don't know, superimposed of the girls running.
0: Oh, it, yeah, yeah. I like, know a, that artwork you're talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah so...
0: That might have been on the original DVD. Is it on the disc too? Because I thought it, I thought I'd oh, seen I, that on I the disc.
1: I think the disc is actually a. I believe I don't know which one of them's a or double is a sided slipper? disc. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that disc is a double. I think that's got the extra features on the other side of the disc, if I remember. But yeah, I mean, I kept I kept everything because I believe because I was like I think these are different because that one with the black glove had more footage in it than the MGM. Yeah. Than the mgm uh release or whatever so and i'm but i don't like i said i don't think that i think that's like the definitive cut like i think they reached a point where they're like okay this is it right
0: here speaking literally of cuts this part where sadie's riding hess while they're driving with the top down like there's a weird jump cut in here and i was wondering if that was like if whatever that missing if that was just like a splice like a piece got damaged or if like they just had like like because it's all it's the scene is obviously one shot because (laughs) that somebody's in the the passenger side with the camera holding it back but uh i'm just curious if that jump cut when it comes up if it was just because like they had to cut a a chunk of shit for time or if it was just like a cut that you know some damaged elements or what because it's, it's the only time there's a jump cut like that a noticeable jump cut like that in the entire movie that i noticed
1: yeah i don't i believe that like just looking at this like this arrow because well god arrow is just like you know the bee's knees of transfer supposedly Mm -hmm. or whatever they could they couldn't even like get this i don't even think they got this right like because like you know the mgm is slightly darker and some people might be like oh that's good i like it when they no it's not it's they actually go in here and they brighten up i'll I'll get to it. There's a shot that I like irritates me that they brightened up. That was shot day was for night. Was it the swimming pool scene? It's when Sadie comes out of the house with a knife, and it's yeah. was shot day for night, like they would do yeah. back then on a low budget. And they went, well, they it, like Wes purposely darkened it because it's supposed yeah. to be nighttime. It, but they couldn't shout, shoot – they didn't have the lighting, so they had to shoot day for night, and they went and, like, brightened it. And I guess they figured, well, this is early morning, and I'm like, no, motherfuckers. This is day for night shot. Like, if you listen to the commentary, I believe that Wes – You know, We Criterion, shot this day for night. Yeah.
0: Criterion does that shit too, and I hate that when there's – they they go, like, oh, we got the best color timeless in the business, and he revises the film based on – I'm just like, if you don't have the director Thanks telling you – yeah I guess the elements but that doesn't that doesn't make sense because it's like this is shot day
1: for night and this is an executive filmmaker decision there's a reason why this is darkened you don't go yeah. back in and brighten it and i think your uh release your mgm release left it the way it's fucking supposed to be
0: and and because i know you wanted to do the longer cuts and the, so but i was like i just kind of want to roll off the official cut because like i was telling you like to me, like, yeah, like, the footage and shit, the extra shit would have been cool if it was in the movie. But, like, th- this is, uh, I'm pretty sure, based on the supplements and shit from what they were saying on those interviews, I'm pretty sure this was from the mid to late 90s uh, restoration that Wes oversaw. And, like, he cut some shit and he... It's, for, it's, when shit M-
1: it's when MGM got a hold of everything, uh, basically. this Because their first came out, came, I think it was, like, in 98. And that's the first... Physical copy, like I had uh IFC showed it and but I believe they showed the Vestron cut because when I got the v, the MGM VHS it seemed slightly longer. Now I'm not I can never be sure on this, but it just seemed like there was more of the chase, Phyllis Chase scene. And um but like I when IFC showed it, I feel like IFC had shown the Vestron uh cut, but I'm not positive. Um and that was a different it was just like slightly it seems slightly shorter or whatever, but I was reading stuff that like prior to 1975, the disemboweling scene was fully there. And actually it's not, you're not even getting all of it. I guess like Sadie, like, picks her guts up and throws them into the air. Like, they're pulling her guts out Ooh. and throwing them into the air. That's Yeah, not... you
0: barely see them in this cut. You barely see them getting pulled out in this cut.
1: No, you don't. And, like, I believe that that IFC cut, like, I think they were, like, I think it was the Vestron cut because I heard that a lot of that got cut out. And that was – I don't even remember that being there. I just remember it being the stabbing and stuff like that because I taped that. That was the first copy I had. And then I think, like, on cue – had a VHS copy and I bought it and that was the MGM one and that had more. Um, uh, but yeah, no, what we were talking about is that there's a fan edit and I got a copy of this and they, what they did was they went and put all the extra, extra shots from the supplementals back in the, the extended gutting and, um, the lesbian forced lesbian, scene uh that we're going to be seeing here and the guy did a really good job and um he's got and it's on reddit like if you just uh i think if you search last house on the left fan at it you'll probably be able to find it and he's got a like a three gig uh file and a, like a 14 gig if you like want the full boat hd and he it looks like he used the um the mgm transfer uh edition And I do believe the MGM transfer is a separate transfer than the Arrow one. Just looking, just comparing it, I believe. And I think it's the transfer that was done, like, when they did the DVD, they might have done a 2K scan, too, Mm. around that time period. Um, So they used that as the basis, and then he went, like, looped audio and stuff because there's no audio on the stuff. And he went, like, looped audio from other scenes and blended it, and it, It works really well, and that's what I was – when I bought this Arrow uh, release, I thought Arrow put the stuff back in there because they said fully uncut, and I'm like fully uncut would mean you took all of the supplemental cut scenes and you re-edited them. I remember remember when the Blu-ray first started hitting and a lot of companies were doing that, and sometimes they'd be like VHS, and they would edit the scenes back in, and I'm like this isn't VHS though. This is actually film stock i was like this will be this will work great and they just they dropped the ball and didn't do it so we had to have some guy last year he actually did this he put this up around october of 2022 and it's still up um this fan edit and yeah he went back in and like put more of the box eating scene and where you see bush and
0: yeah he
1: did a really good job and i'm I sent you a copy. I urged you to watch it before. And I refused. You
0: refused. I, re- I put my but foot But you down will watch refused. it at some point, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I want. I mean, I want to have it, you know, just as an oddity, whatever.
1: Right. No, and it's the longest, you know. But I, longest I, I feel like we're do I
0: don't know there's not much plot of this movie, but I feel like we're talking about the semantics of, like, whatever, like, uh, the release and the, yeah. the, the well, kind I of history. Think I think we should think just recap the like plot that. up to this point. So these girls go to the city for a, uh, you know, for maybe people don't know all the other shit. They go to the city, go to a rest, uh, uh, concert. Bloodlust. They, yeah, Bloodlust. They're going to see Bloodlust, but they want to buy some weed. So that's when they meet Weasel and Weasel leads them up to the apartment where they get captured and pretty much like, they get raped, Then, a, yeah, a lot of people, like when I heard him talk about the, the horror of this movie, people were scared that you know, Krug and his gang, like they're basically just doing it to these girls just because they could. There really was no yeah. like financial motivation or anything to this. And like, I think uh, Abe Snake, aka Wes Craven, was really in that because when they're driving the car, like they talk a lot about, hey, what do you think the the sex crime of the century is? Like, it was almost like they were planning to do the most heinous shit they could to these girls, just like for their own perverse thrill to be like, hey, well, we did one of the worst things a human being can do to another human being. You know what I mean? By
1: the way, Junior and Sadie had broken them out of prison, like, and actually, I like the more I because I watched From Dust Till Dawn re- recently, and I was like this is like uh, quentin tarantino watched this film and that's what he based the gecko brothers off of these guys like i really think except they're like bank robber well tarantino's character is like straight up krug and weasel rolled into one like siri like isn't he isn't he like weasel and fucking krug rolled into one
0: yeah And obviously, Wes Craven Krug was the the name got adapted it later into Freddy Krueger, but...
1: which was a bully or whatever that yeah. bullied Wes Craven apparently. Yeah. But Wes says though that uh, the Krug character here, yeah, that name was there, but he was actually based off of his real father, who was like really Abusive. not not a nice guy. Yeah, so. Yeah. I wanted to mention though, cause we did get on, there's so much to talk about on this film, but uh, Lucy Grantham that plays Phyllis, she claimed that uh, she actually pissed her pants uh, mm-hmm. in that scene. And like, I, I can't remember if it was like on the commentary. I think it's on the, cause I didn't listen to the actor commentary again. I haven't heard it in a long time, but uh, they really get like um, uh, Fred Lincoln and, and uh David Hesser on there and they were like Ragging on her saying she claimed that she Pissed her pants though she didn't and I'm like I don't know I don't know maybe she thought she did maybe she Really did like do you remember For sure like I don't know I mean
0: There was like no tubing there was nobody Behind her like who who would have been Pumping water into her pants I mean But they were clowning her on
1: on the On the commentary about How she claimed that she's only in one There's only one of the documentaries Interviews her yeah, uh, that's the only time that's the only time I've ever seen her interviewed, too, as well. I would like to hear more about her prior career um, in the loop, you know, doing loops and um, how she, you know, got involved with Wes and everything. So I think they took out an ad and screw the yeah. looking for actresses, because that's I think that's how they got a lot of these people that are involved in the porn um industry well, we gotta which...
0: talk about speaking of cast now we gotta talk about some some wild casting that abe snake pulled off here he actually scored a very young martin cove to play one of the stupid cops. this is
1: like the only this is like this first movie though i don't think martin yeah. cove had done
0: anything he wasn't an action star yet if he wasn't know, anything he yeah just... martin, martin cove is best known as the evil karate teacher in the karate okay i'm kid. looking hold on he did do
1: he did a movie called little murderers
0: oh, okay
1: Uh, in 71, he did women in revolt in 71, uh, written. So he was from the Andy Warhol. Look, this is an Andy Warhol film, uh, directed by Paul Morrissey, women in revolt. I've never even heard of this one. He's in that. And, uh, he's in a movie called savages from 72. I don't know what that's. I've never even heard of that. And then he did last house. So he had done three pictures and did you know he's in death race 2000 i didn't even fucking know that i'm looking at his imdb right now
0: Nah, you know it's been so long since i watched that what death race death race yeah, I yeah he seen must that have in been years. just like one of the
1: random rate ra- drivers yeah. that probably got like killed he's probably in, like one shot you see his face
0: we should, we should say that a lot of rape is... I mean, we're trying not to, like, go blow for blow and are trying to skip over and be nice, but this is the, se- the, the wooded <laughs> area, the wooded section of the woods there where they do a lot of rape. And, uh... Um, the, uh what's the character's name? Not Mary, but the other girl. What's their name in the uh, movie?
1: Luce, uh, Phyllis. Phyllis. Phyllis, yeah, Played Phyllis. Who reminds me a them. lot of
0: uh, Alexandra Daddario. But she's, like, the one... Because, like, uh mary's like pretty much just traumatized and this is a point like yeah like they really cut around it compared to like the unseen footage like you pretty much just see mary's face in the actual movie and it's hard to even tell that sadie's actually uh going down on her at this point yeah but uh but yeah uh phyllis is trying to uh, whisper in her ear like hey this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get away and there blah, blah. she pops her head up yeah like you really can't tell but you get
1: more in the cut stuff don't you wish we would have watched the the uh the fan it now baby we, uh, oh, the I, full I, I just
0: watched that that unseen footage from a boy roy from yeah I, like, I, honestly i'd rather see it like that than cut in because on that shit dude that was like just the camera was just sitting there showing you everything
1: it's it's it. He got it in there though, pretty good. I mean, he did pretty good to make it flow. And so, like I said, you know, it's just exactly what I expected. Uh, what I wanted to see was really that disembowelment. Uh, I thought that that was like, I'm like, this is a fucking horror movie. Why isn't that there? Like, this is yeah. what people wanted. The gore rounds want to see this. You got a horror movie. You got to put the gore back in. It's just like everyone's wishing. Um, Night ninety. Like they seen the work print and they're like, but there is no other version of that. There's no film stock to go and put yeah. the headache, you know, the exploding yeah. heads back into Night ninety. You know, like yeah, all you got is that VHS work print. Uh, whereas here, it's like, dude, the footage is there. Like, you know, there is ways of working around it. And uh, yeah, I, thankfully that guy did that fan edit. And like now I have that's pretty much the longest version of Last House that's in existence. You know, and like it would be cool if they found uh there's some more footage uh i don't know if we brought up where mary actually is in her um room naked yeah reading um the cards birthday but there's cards just a stuff. still
0: photo that's been found
1: of that yeah like they the really think footage. that's gone yeah i'm surprised why would that be missing like i don't that seems so tame like you already what? showed her the opening scenes you already showed her <laughs> naked coming out of the shower like yeah i
0: don't want to like go too much on this shit because i'm sure it's probably boring for people who don't really care where the film elements were but how you were talking about trying to figure out what arrow did this is what arrow did they looked at the 35 millimeter inner positive inner negative dupe negative and multiple 35 millimeter prints from mgm's library and also sean cunningham has a film archive at a place called film logger in germany so he keeps his shit in germany and they they tested them all together, and they, they thought the 35-millimeter dupe negative that Sean Cunningham had in Germany was the best one. So they used that, and they scanned it in a 2K, which, like, this was 16-millimeter, so right. it probably wouldn't make sense to do 4K, but you technically yeah. could. But they only did 2K, so is not going to be able to easily pop this out in 4K anytime soon unless they do a new scan. Um, they also then got... Extra interpositive elements from MGM, and they also got a 35 millimeter print from our friends at Severn Film to complete the sections unique to the crew company and R-rated version. So they actually had to go to Severn, assuming it's like the Severn we know that puts out Blu-rays, unless there's a completely different Severn Film Company, but I doubt it. all the prints to get that three different cuts that you got on the uh the arrow bat it's actually just two two cuts
1: on here but yeah i'd heard about this restoration like um like they looked at so many and it doesn't surprise me that most of the prints look like shit and to be honest with you this print looks like shit like i don't you know it's because they're all
0: blow-ups i mean even 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 the one i got the mg i mean i it looks fine on the 1080p tv that's what we're saying i watched it on 1080p and also on the 4k it looked the roughest on my 4k oled i mean it's a 65 inch screen i'm sitting eight feet away it's gonna look you know if it's a great looking movie it's gonna look great on that setup if it's it's a movie like this it's gonna look bad you know what i mean no but
1: i think the mgm print is the definitive print i think their transfer is the definitive one and yes please if anybody out there is listening from arrow don't do this on 4k you're just it's gonna be it's so fucking grainy like most of the time when i watch a blu-ray those have eyes so yeah but that's not that's not the same problem with the elements like if you mean you look at the history of like the movie theaters like going and making their own cuts And, uh, you know, just butchering this shit and probably no fucking respect. Like they're like some of the, some of the, uh, uh, projectionists were probably like, I'm gonna, I'm going to do everything. You're not supposed to do this print so I can ruin it on the first showing or tear it up. Like they didn't give a fuck. Like they were probably cutting it with fucking scissors and scotch taping it back together.
0: I used to go to, uh, I didn't go see this movie so I didn't have it to affect me but, uh, The they got the print from the film company I think it was called like The End of the World it had Peter Sarsgaard and Molly Parker I think was not it and it's, it's just about a rich guy that hires a hooker for a week and like it's basically a bunch of scenes of them like um, having sex and talking and I think there's like a part where she put a lollipop in her pussy and like the theater was like we can't show this Our customer so they went in they cut it out a local film critic who had heard about the movie saw it's like hey that wasn't there he told on them he told he told the studio and like they got in big trouble for that shit that was like the late 90s early 2000s i think
1: well if you know if you look at the history on this film to begin with it was the r rating was illegitimate anyway because west claimed that he submitted to the mpaa and they kept giving him an x even though he kept making cuts And then after he just got frustrated, he put all the footage back in. And um, somebody that was working in their building in film already had the R rating splite. He's just spliced into the film. Mm. It's crazy. Like the MPAA didn't even like catch that like ever. Because they because I mean, how long has this been being put out with an R rating on it? Like, you know,
0: probably all through the VHS time for sure.
1: Well, that was still a redacted cut. Like I guess a lot of stuff was cut out of. Like I said, I
0: I have not seen that
1: Vestron release in a really long time, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know if MCA put a cut put a put a VHS out. I don't think that there was another VHS uh, because I remember talking to a lot of people that said I never saw Last House on the Left at my my video store, and I think that's because. Maybe nobody put anything out in between uh, the MGM uh, VHS or release coming out in that Vestron. You know, a lot of the Vestron tapes either got stolen or got, you know, beat all to hell. And, you know, that was the only release. So.
0: Are you ready to hear some of the reviews from Blu ray.com of this film? From where? Blu ray.com. Uh oh okay I, uh, you, I didn't read any of them I didn't yeah read use book, use the... use your reviews these are coming this first one is from the reviewer he's a top reviewer supposedly he's going by the name Zant Tesukin April twenty second twenty eleven he gives the video a two point five out of five an audio a two point five out of five extra zero point five out of five which mm-hmm. I don't even see how that's popular because this is a fucking stack load the edition. reason. Is this for the Arrow release? No, this is for the MGM release. Oh,
1: okay. Well, I'm gonna yeah. say why I would give that for the Arrow release is because all there there's tons of extras, but they're all ported over from all the past releases. Right. And right. the Metrodome, um, uh, UK, there's a documentary from them too.
0: And then he just the overall package he gives a zero point five as well, which I don't really understand. If the video and audio he gives a two point five each, how could the overall be zero point? But anyway. This was his, this is the headliner's review. Terrible film should have never been released on Blue. Just never. He, he looks at the format, and he's like, you can't even let this on the format. He says, this is one of the worst films of all time, exclamation point. Terrible acting, terrible music. Oh, he didn't
1: like the film in general. And just okay.
0: awful filmmaking, total crap. That was his review. And he's a top reviewer on Blu-ray.com.
1: No, I think that I – mean, I've, I've said this, and I don't think – if you if you guys see this, if you see Arrow trying to cash in or any other company trying to cash in on a 4K, beware. Really? Because it does it really doesn't do it justice even on, on 2K. Like I'm happy to have it. Like the one thing that HD is going to do is make the picture clearer. Yeah. But it's going to reveal like the problem with the and oh I'll whoa. I want to take that back. The Krugen Company cut looks great so whatever print it actually looks amazing but they're not gonna put that they're not gonna go and go we're just gonna do a 4k of the krug and comes that is redacted a bit some of the sex stuff and that is an actual like there's a little bit more but like there's not that's still a cut print this is more this is the the cut the print that's the most uncut is the roughest i mean it's like i don't know you'd like i think you'd like the arrow one go because you love grain so much like dude this is like this looks like there's a bunch of mgm's super grainy too it looks like somebody salted the fucking film print (laughs) (laughs) it looks like it's snowing
0: we got to talk about the death of phyllis here like they basically they injured her they let her run away they they toyed with her they finally cut out with her and now like they're they take her pants Well they don't take them off But they pull them down To embarrass her more And then Sadie starts to, Actually the woman Is the most violent She stabs mm-hmm. Phyllis so much That she starts ripping Her guts out And it was really On this cut You only get that one shot Of her starting to pull Yeah
1: the out. And in the fan edit You get a lot more And where they actually Pull her pants Where you actually See her pants come down And it makes Cause like people were saying Like on past friends You didn't even understand how Why her pants were All of a sudden down And I'm like Yeah because it was Butchered so much Like 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 one second she has her pants on the next second she doesn't it's like confusing but um apparently even that fan it, cuz there's only so much footage out here but there was more where like they were all pulling her guts out and throwing them in the air and this was pre-nights like basically um everything like all the old heads that saw this shit in like grindhouse theaters and stuff said prior to 1975 it was pretty uncut like all the all the box eating scene was in there um i don't know maybe some of them were saying that even mary in her bedroom reading the cards was in there so i'd have to ask i'd have to ask old 42nd street pete because he probably saw this back in the mid 70s yeah he uh, saw it it,
0: was some cut of it
1: yeah i wonder what i've never heard him talk about this so i gotta ask about this film oh yeah and there's like there's supposedly like you actually see them chop Phyllis's arm off at oh, the, wow. like the bone and stuff in this prior cut, which the fan edit, there's no, there's no pieces of that for whatever reason, but he did extend that out a little bit more. And I guess the Vestron release has a little bit more of them showing the arm. They think that they cut the arm, them revealing the arm. Cause it looked fake. and we got steve miners in this car here um that's another thing i want to bring up about how this movie has like i don't want to say steve miner ended up being like big director but he ended up going off and being a director and he was just like a gopher on this um sean s cunningham was just the producer on this who went on to start a major slasher uh franchise and then West went on to start the other major '80s slasher franchise, like
0: Friday the Thirteenth and
1: Nightmare on yeah, Elm Street. Yeah, pretty much and all like,
0: the slasher shit was born out of this.
1: Yeah, and Steve Miner directed. What how, did he direct? A couple of the Friday the Thirteenth sequels. I can't. He did two. Yeah, he right? did
0: three. I know he. Did oh, he did th- th- three. Okay. I know for sure he did three. He might have done two as well. And then he eventually got into Halloween That's- as well.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He did. uh, Did he do H two O? Yeah, I think he did H two O. Yeah, and he probably did the shitty one with Busta Rhymes, the sequel. No,
0: Rick Rosenthal did parts two and eight.
1: Yeah, that explains everything.
0: (laughs) Now Mary's getting her like they're they're about to finish her off. So Krug starts carving his name in mary's chest but then he you know before she actually dies he wants to get one last rape in and i think this is actually the most disturbing yeah. rate because it's like a cheek to cheek rape like her, yeah, and, like, he pounds pounds and yeah. then he drools on her and when he like gets off like there's like uh, strings of spit like between their faces it's gross yeah i want to say that and, there, and there's a sleep that that fly that was in breaking point yeah. he comes in too like yeah, he comes right. in to get it on the scene too
1: That fly's been in everything, so...
0: He is. He was in my kitchen the other day. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Cameo. pretty much.
1: Well, I heard you have the best snacks at your house, so that explains it. I actually
0: do. It's true. (laughs) All them different flavored Mountain Dews that you drink. Uh Okay, this this is what I've been drinking during this podcast. I got a glass of distilled water. That's about half done. I got a can of Mountain Dew Zero Sugar I finished. I got a bottle of pure leaf, lower sugar, subtly sweet peach tea that's about half gone. And then I got a water bottle that I colored with, um, shit, what's that candy called? Like the sour apple flavor. Um, Shit, it's like candy branded, one of the candies. Jolly Rancher, yeah. Jolly Rancher, okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've just been sipping on some OJ here. I'm having a... I oh, might you're have to gone, walk you're out of new, the room here and basic bat it. over here. Yeah, yeah no. Usually, I'm either drinking OJ with vodka, but I actually haven't been drinking. I've been. A, it's not like I quit drinking or I've never been like a hardcore drinker, but I haven't really been drinking much. And like, I don't know. I think the last time I was like stoned as fuck. Well, we did yeah. dazed and confused, so I had to. Yeah, like, yeah, so you and had I was had drinking be. and shit. Yeah, I was get. I was. I think I
0: smoked like dazed days, days and confused. Not the, not the yeah. barn burner of downloads. I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, it was kind of actually um Breathless has been doing like yeah, a Breathless backpack. is Breathless picking is, up like, the slack. surprisingly um, performing better than I thought it would. So yeah.
0: I know this isn't uh interesting to the listeners but I find it interesting cuz you never know what uh you know, movie or whatever people will be wanting to hear about. We the thought
1: Days and Confused would be like 300 yeah. to 500 downloads but uh, apparently not. It, maybe that maybe this one'll be the the one here. I don't know. We talked about you know, like I think, I think too. The Days and confused one. The problem was we got out like a lot uh, off topic quite a bit and wasn't talking about the well, film. Well, when it came
0: to the listening to Days and confused, though, people said no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. <sighs>
1: you'd you th- you'd think that like you know that one. I still hear people talking about it so.
0: Now this is a part where they have Mary go into the pond and they're going to shoot her in the back of the head, but like Krug like misses. He like hits her in the shoulder instead and she like swims. Like uh was there any other different uh, versions of this scene that you know about? I don't think it says so. says there's a deleted scene where she attacked. dies in the lake, but I don't really no, know. No, there's
1: uh it's on the Krug and Company where her parents which is I think on this cut too as well where they come down but she already appears to be dead it's weird though even the extended which i believe was on that Vesteron one had some of that maybe in there i don't know because i've seen portions this is like i've seen so many different cuts over the years that like some of them and and then i'll watch a cut and then i'll be like i thought that was in where's that and then Oh, it's an only in the Krugman company. I'm thinking to myself now, nah, baby, there was another, there was an MGM release. It might've been the first DVD or the, that VHS had some more stuff in it. And like, it's just like, cause you, 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 you read what, A- uh, arrow did yeah. to put theirs together. And it's like, well, how many prints, you know, how many different, like, what did, what was MGM doing in the early days? Like which prints were, obviously they weren't getting that German print. They weren't going all the way to that, you know, that extent. So they must've got some like print or two prints they had or something. I don't know, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I thought that scene was weird though. And it's not in this, so we're not going to see it in here. It's in the crew and company, but yeah, they go down there? Well, we'll see a little, I think we see a little bit of it, but they, they go down there and they talk to her and she tells them what happened. And then like, his wife is like, what can we do? And he's like, he's a fucking doctor too. And it's like, she's still breathing dude. Like any yeah. do- any doctor worth his salt would be like,
0: Try and resuscitate. Let's them. get her. Yeah, let's
1: yeah. do this. Like I've seen people, I'm like that motherfucker shot so full of holes. Like, and you trying to give the CPR. Like, they yeah. dead. But like he was like literally like, there's nothing we can do for her. <laughs> yeah, like, he's you, like we were in me. the basement.
0: Let's go he's get her. He's like, our well, revenge. I'm not really a
1: doctor. Yeah. I just play one on TV. <laughs> or I'm a, de- I'm actually a dentist.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say there's a lot of comedy, and I'll read another review here that talks about the comedy, but. I don't think there's a lot of comedy with Krug and company no. the way people claim. I don't, I well, think at that's the beginning, straight.
1: The, the beginning, when they're in the apartment at the crash pad, there is a bunch of comedy stuff, I will say.
0: But like, once it gets serious, it's really just the cops that are the comedic ones. And I think like, mm-hmm. and I was like... Like, Wes Craven, I know people say, well, it's just because Wes Craven hadn't mastered the art of putting knives on people's fingers yet, so he just was making a bad movie on accident. I don't think so. I think for some reason, Wes Craven wanted these cops to be so fucking stupid, And be honest
1: with yeah, you. Yeah, it was on purpose. It was on purpose, because, like, you don't know. Dude, if you, did you see any of, like, the behind-the-scenes photos? He's like hippie like he's yeah, yeah. A kid like pretty much <laughs> well, sean
0: cunningham too
1: like yeah like they long hair and stuff so like obviously they have no faith in authority this is on purpose they're like yeah. basically make the cops bumbling idiots because that's pretty much what they thought of like law enforcement to begin with anyway so it was really just them to clown on the police yeah. like low-key and the be like yeah these all cops are stupid they couldn't catch a cold Pretty much, yeah. You know?
0: So basically around this time of the movie, they're going to um, leave Mary for dead in the pond, not really, and she's still alive, and then because their cars broke down, they're going to go to Mary's house where her parents are, and uh, they're going to be like, oh, can we stay here for the night? And like, yeah, Mary's mom is going to let them in, so like, that's kind of what the next part is. So. I thought I would I would read some selected passages from this like very very long artistic review from Blu-ray.com. She's a this is coming from Cat Three. She this is a February fourteenth, twenty twelve. So Cat Three didn't have a hot um, Valentine's Day in twenty twenty. until she didn't have a date lined up, so she just went to uh, uh, Blu-ray.com for Valentine's Day and wrote a, uh, uh, a review of a rape classic here i want to uh, this girl yeah this i mean there's like a, a picture i don't know if this is really her she's like really cute she got like a beehive hairdo and shit yeah she's pretty cute Ooh. um beehive 1950s huh? yeah i mean it's not exactly beehive it's more like a giant bun but it's very yeah. beehive. uh she, she gives a decent she pretty much gives it like a three three and a half on audio video extras she was fair she wasn't a hater but she gives her opinion of the movie she says it's only a movie a really bad movie yeah. Um, it says classic is a word applied to works of art that contain quality which endures time to appeal to generation after generation. A perpetual motion machine of entertainment. She's actually a good writer. Like I don't agree with her opinions, but she's a good writer. She says there exists another sort of beast that goes by the title of classic, and that is a work of art that is respected out of a sense of artistic integrity, not enjoyment of the piece itself. And she says goes on like this is a very long, I'm just gonna read a little parts. She says, indeed, Last House on the Left is an artless mess. That is remembered because it marked the directing debut of horror maestro uh, Wes Craven. Of course, the movie is now judged with the benefit of hindsight. And she says it in spot, in a spot, uh, in a fuck, I can't talk, uh, beginning of a career. Um, and then she goes on and on and talk about it being inspired by Virgin Spring, the same shit everybody always says. But I think it's funny. She says humor is not uncommon in horror films and even finds its way into the brutal variety of scary flicks. Uh, and then she goes on and um, she talks about like, Basically, uh, the tone of the movie goes back and forth. She says, there's the music created by David Hess, who plays one of the maniacs. It's so antithetical to the horror on screen, it has to be laughable. Folksy and uptempo, the music even has passages played on kazoo. Kazoos are not scary. In fact, all the instruments, the kazoo comes last terms of scariness. Even the word kazoo sounds funny and harmless. Uh, she says, uh, let's see. She goes on. She talks a lot about the. She gives MGM uh, credit. Um, and she wraps it up saying, so films, so like me, you know that Last House on the Left is a significant movie. We might not have films like Martyrs or even my favorite film, May. So she really loves Lucky McKee's May. Uh, if it weren't for this exploitation cheapy. Now like me, you can appreciate that, but it's your choice if you actually see it. I say your 84 minutes are better spent, elsewhere. so... She had time on Valentine's Day for Last House on the Left, but not to recommend it enough. Well, you
1: know why she doesn't have a date? Cause she's like, she's so obsessed with May that she's trying to like chop up all these dudes and build her ultimate. Yeah. And yeah. really, May, like, let's be for real. May's like a ripoff of Necromantic too. So sort of. I mean, yeah. I like May. Well, like if you see Necromantic Two, there's no need to see May. Right, right. Like, May is like the PG-13 version. Yeah,
0: of Necromantic, of Necromantic 2. Two, which is Dude. I don't
1: ever want to see Necromantic Two again. By the way, it's that's oh, that yeah. that one. I'm yeah, that good. That's, that's I've had enough. The best so. line
0: of her review I skipped over. It says the movie is tone deaf, veering from lighthearted romp to cold-blooded torture to supposed comedy, then back to torture with no idea of it's, what it wants to be when the incomes there's no indication of what we should make of it that's what i love about the movie that's yeah, what i love it's, about the music it's it a leaves roller it up to coaster. you yeah.
1: it's like a it's like a psychopath or somebody that has like some kind of emotional issues created like it's yeah. this is you know there's there's definitely yeah this isn't like basically yeah you don't have things that i was like uh, that I've noticed It's shot in that gorilla style Where there's like no coverage It's just like one shot Like yeah. the whole thing is in one static I don't want to say static A lot of it's handheld So it doesn't feel like it's static Like um, right. on a tripod or some shit Or whatever yeah. But yeah Like a lot of it's all gorilla handheld shot And that's probably Honestly that's why these movies Have la- are like this and chainsaw are lasting Because of the gorilla uh, Film style that they were shot in Now like These scenes where they're in her room, Uh, I think these are handheld. But a lot of the stuff, some like that's another thing. Like the cinematography is like so um, good at his job that when you see like a shot and he's doing a hand, like most of the film was shot handheld, but he's so good uh, holding the camera and so steady, he's not shaky or anything that you forget. Like it's almost like it's on a steady cam.
0: Yeah.
1: This might. This might have been shot with like a wheel, but I, it feels like he was walking actually there yeah, with him. So, but yeah, you cops, know, they might yeah. have been using like a wheelchair and stuff like that. You know, but Ape uh, Snake
0: too with the zoom-ins, like he, Abe, mm-hmm. like like whether it was Ape Snake or the cinematographer, like they knew how to. If you look at the beginnings and ends of a lot of these scenes, they knew how to do zoom-ins and move the camera in a way that like was not distracting, but it actually made you feel like there was more edits and cuts into it than there actually was because right. you're seeing different things. Like you said it's, it's moving, not static, yeah. yeah so i don't know like it just i mean i to be fair reading these people's reviews like i never like disliked this movie or anything but i just you hear so much about it i think when you grow up like me i like i knew about it from my dad talking about it and uh he saw it when it came out, and then also just there was a lot of retrospective articles in the '80s of uh, Fangoria talking about. It. So, like, I feel like the first time you see it, it is kind of like it can't live up to the hype. But once you kind of get into the movie and you see it for a second, third, fourth, fifth time, the way obviously you and I have. Um, and you just take it onto like what it tells like it's 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 a cool thing like i mean i don't know
1: Baby, i've seen this a hundred times at least yeah like
0: like i mean cuz i don't really get scared of movies anyway like yeah. i don't even really know if like i can rate this on a scary level it's not a scary movie to me but one thing i will say about it for me personally is i like it because it's a completely and like when it's clearly original And when i was watching i was like damn like you know when we were in the powerball baby like we should make a movie like this like we don't have to like try and remake last house but we should make like because it's fun to watch when the music kicks in and like crazy shit and then like later on all the um the the rape and shit like sorry and then you're like How like the uh, our girl cat three with the beehive was saying like you, you know the the movie's not telling you how to take it it's not judge it's not telling you how to judge it you're judging the movie on your own terms and what you get out of it and that's what I like about it and like honestly like. Like, that's what I tried to do with the uh, Paranormal Camcorder, baby, is, like, I was trying to make a movie that could be viewed by some people as a comedy and some other people as a drama. drama. And, and, yeah. and some of the people who reacted to the movie were like, oh, you can't have this scene, like, it doesn't go together. And I was just like, nothing's supposed to go together in life or art or anything. That's, like That's
1: art. That's the problem yeah. is that, like, I think with uh, Miss Cat there is yeah. that you so used to, I don't know how old you are ma'am but you know she's she so looks used young. to she, she looks like she's she, in her 20s she's just used to being told how to feel and that's yeah. the problem with contemporary cinema and um, I mean I really I just summed up why I don't like I know you've been watching a lot of these movies at the theater baby you know that yeah. new Mission Impossible but like Woo! I just don't you know I'm sorry like and I'm not going to get particular about it but I just I'm like yeah, people go, the movies are better these days. Yeah, sure, they got bigger budgets and like I more special that. effects and stuff like that. But like literally they're trying to force like a lot of filmmakers nowadays, especially a lot of the mainstream stuff are trying to force their thoughts and opinions down your throat and like make you tell you how they want you to feel like, "Oh, there, we've got this trans trans uh, person and stuff, and like you should feel sorry for them, and uh, you should feel like you should take up this cause. And it's like I don't, but I don't. That doesn't relate to me. Like I don't. Well, then you're you are anti-trans. Then if you don't want to go out there and start holding up, uh, you know, go to protests and stuff, and it's just like. I'm, you know, I'm all for supporting you and doing that or whatever. Everybody like, should you're be more, free, yeah. You're more welcome, more than welcome, but that just doesn't strike a chord with me. Like I'm not, you know what I mean. And but, so, well,
0: more than anything, it's just it's not it's not really that. I mean, it's an interesting topic in terms of life that that but, that that could that condition well, exists in the human spectrum of a being, but it's, 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 it's not really that interesting to watch in a fucking multiplex big this, screen. Theater. Well, this
1: also isn't like, we've seen these types of characters in films in the seven, like, dude, what was dog day afternoon about? Dude was trying to get yeah. what, like, he it,
0: needed a sex change, sex change.
1: because, okay this is how complex Was not being shoved like you didn't need to go out there and like support everybody that wanted to be like trans and stuff like and it was very compelling and like you cared about the characters but like you were not being force fed and punched in the fucking back of the head like you have to take
0: this all in like no, I
1: mean, the, it's like a, this, this is like the story a of
0: Dog thing. Day Afternoon is so complex because Al Pacino is uh, I, can't, I can't remember if he was divorced, but he was married and had kids or at least he had a serious yep. girlfriend. He, he was married, and had kids. So he was a straight man. And then he fell in love with Chris Sarandon, actually, of all people, who was a man who was tra- tra- we transitioning to become a woman. And and Al Pacino wanted to like be with him, so but Al-
1: passionate. Right, right. He, they were
0: in love, but Al Pacino was not gay, so he had a problem. Was he didn't want the stigma of living his life as a gay man with another man. So he wanted to rob the bank to get the money, so uh, his his girlfriend could have the the operation to become a woman, and then he would be. Fully heterosexual and not be judged in public when he went out with his new wife, girlfriend, whatever and, and they were. Tra-
1: and the trans, you know, the trans community wouldn't have accepted that. They're like you shouldn't have to be ashamed yeah. and hide in the closet. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? But this is like real. Like, and so but, to see but, here. but I don't think there
0: was really a trans community at the time, baby. Because I think at the time it was you know, just seen I, as as it was individual a, yeah, was people was, wanted to transition their sex. It I wasn't think, a a, it a it wasn't, political it was, group. It, yeah, it wasn't like
1: that. It wasn't, like, quite to that extent and everything. And where, oh, we get the parents here actually going out. So this is, yeah. but it's like, because it, it, probably they figured they were like, this doesn't even make, like, I don't know if he says, let me put the, I, I forgot to put the subtitles on. Let me see if he says, she's already go. We can't do anything for or whatever. <laughs> but, like, the thing, it's, I get it. Like, the reason I wanted it in, like, why I want to see it and stuff, Okay, so she says some dialogue, so they cut the dialogue out because yeah, and it, he does say it, she's dead. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, the doctor do, proclaims like. his
0: uh, his daughter dead, and then the mom says like, "Oh, baby, you know he he, he can tell, still or she can around. tell that that the daughter's alive."
1: <laughs> yeah, she's still moving around. He just like fuck her, <laughs> like we. But no, anyway, like like I don't know these motherfuckers like just don't people don't know film history because like this shit and then we have like a comete. we have like a person actually John Water said that divine like he was just like a drag queen or whatever yeah. and, like he actually like would be himself like but sometimes he liked to like cross dress but he
0: wasn't like, in character yeah right
1: yeah like he liked to play this character and stuff like like somebody that wants to play a clown on the weekends like he yeah. wanted to play this this cross you know character crossdressing
0: I mean my my thing is like how you say they want to shove it it's, down your throat it's, it's, and get you to accept it is I think we've all accepted it. I think it's been right, accepted yeah, for a yeah, long time. But, like, I yeah, mean, it's not I'm a problem. Already, I'm already, I'm,
1: you know – I don't have a problem with the cross-dressing community, They're like, people yeah. that want to cross-dress and stuff, like...
0: They're not hurting us, like... Yeah,
1: like, yeah, and I mean, you know, like, what I, if I wish, you know, Divine was still here, I mean, yeah, I would hang out with this dude,
0: like, I don't full dress. If Divine was still out. here, he'd probably be, like, one of the most hated people, because he wouldn't be taking, like, the mainstream stance we, on everything.
1: We'd have RuPaul, we'd have Divine. Yeah. Like they would have been like we don't need you rupaul the vine's already here like he was going to be on um married with children said, oh really wow. like a neighbor yeah he died uh right before, before they filmed the pilot he died like the night before had a heart attack in his sleep so Dang. he was going to be on he's going to be a regular he's going to be like one of the neighbors i don't know if he's going to be i bet i imagine he would have been in full drag <laughs> like, oh
0: sure yeah
1: But um, no, you know, the Vine I think was getting like mainstream attention and stuff, and like he was for he did hang out with like um, gay community and stuff. Like he did hang. I don't know if he was gay or not. I'm not really like I don't. John knows most about him because he spent so much time with him and stuff. But like I said, yeah, he would have been a good representative I think for that community and like real lighthearted and jokester and funny and. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, but, like, yeah, I mean, this has already existed. And, like, anybody that watches cult cinema has been exposed to all these, like, um, you know. You know about kind of, it, yeah. Because
0: yeah. it's, like, it's already so been explored.
1: Filmmakers are putting it in there, not, like, it's just, like, okay, this is a character. It's not, like, oh, this is what the movie's got to be all all about. And then we got to get into the press and talk about, oh, like, that one disney animated movie you were telling me the strange world was, yeah yeah the dude was saying <laughs> like basically that you just don't like the community like you're yeah. and stuff because yeah. you wanna go see the movie and, and you were like no you didn't go we didn't go see the movie because it sucks.
0: yes yeah, like, like nobody cared about it. it like disney didn't even buy the advertisements because they they saw i mean they knew the movie they made it they're like this ain't gonna work like don't advertise it so
1: Right, and it's just like, and then, you know Plus, you know, you are It sounded like, I didn't watch it, but I don't know If you watched it, but it did sound like Just from some of the reviews I was reading, like It wanted to just shove this shit down your throat Like, who cares about the plot Let's just talk about political Topics on this, and that's what I want you to talk about and think about. it's just like, it doesn't work. You're not an artist. You're an idiot. Like,
0: well, the the thing that I don't like and kind of what it looked like the, the plot of that one was, it was like the, the dad of the family was the, uh, was like a very like prototypical hero type, a big explorer type. And then the kid was a, a, a nerdy, um, uh, I don't know what you. I don't know how you categorize a man who it dates a trans person. So I don't. I don't know if that makes you gay or like. I don't. I don't know the situation of that movie, but it was like one of those things where like, the dad was like the big hero and shit, and like they were always like uh, basically shaming him, calling him a dummy, and then like this big adventure they go on in this alien world. It's up to like the young next generation of the alternative lifestyle people to show the true way of how to. And I'm just like. That's not the way the world works. No. <laughs> like, like the people who know what they're talking about and they're 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 experts in their field. Like they, they run shit. Like you don't you don't wait for a fifteen year old kid to show up and give you a lecture and tell you how to do everything. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, just, that's kind of what I'm like been getting at is I think like, I think that's the problem. and I think that's the problem. Get back to Kat and her little review. I just think that okay. you're living in this this reality where you're told how to feel, and that's why you yeah. couldn't handle this film. And yeah, sure, like is this like the greatest thing since sliced bread? At- no, it's not like even like one of the best '70s horror movies or anything. Like we know what that one is. We already did a commentary on that one. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but yeah. this is very viable um you get we're getting scenes here where uh we see this in nightmare on elm street and i can't remember i feel mm-hmm. like he did it in a few other films where he's like doing this booby trap this is where it started.
0: i think they did it in shocker too
1: they I did remember. do it at, i think they yeah. did to try to like catch him or whatever yeah, yeah like to get him back i don't know anyway it's been a while so i've seen shocker and then i guess you could say like some weird trap stuff's going on and people under the stairs too because there's like some oh, yeah, other yeah, weird shit sure. in there yeah. but Not like these are like improvised booby traps, and then um, Mm -hmm. Heather Langenkamp's character uh, has the book that she's like reading. But I feel like that's like Wes already had that book. He's like, ah, we can use this on Nightmare on Elm Street. He already had it in his. You know, his library uh, when yeah. he did this film.
0: So. so let's talk about the statement this film's making. OK, well, the cops are just inconsequential. Like they can't get anything done. Like they're just sitting around like eating fucking cake and shit. At the beginning. They're eating Mary's birthday cake. They didn't even wait for her to come back. The cops just come in and they're like, oh, can, can I start eating this cake?
1: Is there a metaphor there, too? Maybe. I mean,
0: maybe. <laughs> A sexual
1: metaphor yeah so like
0: <laughs> and then obviously the movie sets up uh man that, that wall outlet is like sideways that's weird i've never seen it. um oh, i've seen them yeah You've oh, never seen sideways like that before? yeah i've
1: seen sideways um, ones. that's yeah.
0: weird that must be some old school construction techniques yeah. right there but uh, you know it's the movie posits that krug and company are almost like barbarian subhuman people capable of such acts of violence because they do it for fun and then, obviously, the parents... Like, they don't even try to call the cops when they when they figure out the whole scheme that these are the ones that try to kill Mary and shit. So they just want revenge, right? They, they don't even bother calling cops. They just want to kill these motherfuckers. So, so I think the movie kind of, like, Ape Snake, his thesis here is, like, there's different reasons. Like, yeah, Krug and company are doing it because they're just evil motherfuckers. They're bad people. But I think the parents, obviously, they're, they're capable of just as much um, heinous violence. But I think the thing is, is like they're doing it out of love and like whatever and like i think that's interesting because you know like it's not the movie's not really telling you how to feel or whatever about it but it it does make the point that both sides of the equation are capable of
1: Well this ripping. is in um uh the Virgin Spring uh actually interestingly enough i have seen when they showed this and i didn't i should i watched parts of it but uh, when they showed it they showed um they showed it double feature with uh, *The Virgin Springs*.
0: Really? So you could do the back-to-back comparison? Yeah. And so I watched some of it. Like
1: I remember, like I didn't. I taped this. I taped it because this is the first time I ever had a copy. I taped, taped Last House*, because uh, this was before I picked up the MGM uh, VHS of it. And uh, so that was the first copy I actually owned was uh and that's the only time i'd ever seen it on actual like on a movie channel or anything i never seen it it's shown i'm sure maybe it was shown on cinemax or something but i never saw it back in the day like for whatever reason uh before that i'm like i said i'd seen it on the vestron but um yeah i mean that's kind of what that's about that's the same it's basically the same plot like these bandits on the road like uh I think I don't know if they rape him I watched maybe I watched the whole film it's in black and white because it's Bergman which I love yeah. uh the seventh seal like by the way that's Bergman too right yeah it is yeah man so it's like shot around that time I actually should see it because I think now like should watch it again because now thinking back to it it has that same feel and uh same look and everything and um anyway uh yeah basically they like they're traveling on horseback or whatever it's like the same it's kind of like medieval time period or whatever and um yeah the parents figure out i can't remember how they figure it out maybe they see some clothing or something or they have a horse like stole one of the girls horses or something and then they know like and then the parents uh murder them but i can't remember like if it's some medieval shit or like i don't i don't know if I, that's why i feel like i don't know if i watched the whole thing because i don't remember what revenge they
0: I we, we, from, we, gotta, we gotta talk about this scene though where the mom yeah. bites the guy's dick off so uh because this was my dad's favorite scene of the movie he couldn't yeah, friend, he, he couldn't believe it when he saw it at the drive-in fred lincoln
1: it like uh helped them do the scene actually where he said you know you just put the put your belt through your hole in your pants and she bites that like i don't know yeah. <laughs> he's talking about it on the extras and i'm like i don't remember any of the porno like what is it was this a porno that you did or something too like, <laughs> i think he knew how this? to
0: fake it for the
1: porno yeah yeah it was weird because like i am i've seen quite a bit of his work like i don't know a lot of the like Grittier shit, and I don't remember any, you know, because he's been in a bunch of, he has been in a bunch of roughies, which is what this film was going to be, was this roughy porno. Yeah. Which is bizarre to me. I think because where they were hanging out in New York and stuff, they thought, and to get it in on the deuce, they were like, let's just do a roughy porno. And I heard that's what the script was. And when they like, uh, even more so everything that I've heard was like basically until like they started shooting, like this, this was what it was going to be. It was going to be like this porno. And then I believe like, was it just actors, cause they did
0: so much work on the script? They thought, no, it's good enough to be a regular movie or what? Uh, well,
1: apparently like up to like filming. And then uh, this is what, uh, cause I heard um, an interview not too long ago with Mark uh, uh, that played junior He said that they basically got there and then like they all talked him out of it. Like he was like day one, he was like, "All right, we're gonna shoot the porno, we're gonna shoot the ruffie," and uh, they all talked him out of it and said no because they didn't really. I guess David Hess was like, "I don't know if I want to be a porn star." Like obviously Fred Lincoln was like, "I'm already a porn star. I don't give a fuck." (laughs) He's like, "It's just Tuesday for me." Like do a bunch of fucked up shit. Like basically, yeah. But um Wes Wes uh Wes ended up doing a Ruffy. It was Angela the Fireworks Woman, so Yeah,
0: he graduated to the Ruffy. Yeah,
1: that was the next film that he did that he wouldn't put his name on, but the the rape like you were talking to me and saying that like the rape you didn't think the rapes were that like hardcore or whatever. Like um and I'll agree. I think like the piss your pants stuff is yeah. pretty edgy, but like yeah, the idea <sighs> yeah, rapes or nothing like i spit on your grave no or,
0: like i mean i mean uh, like i think it's fine like i wasn't complaining like oh it should be rougher or it should be this or that like i wasn't complaining that way i was just saying like people like act like this movie's unwatchable because of that you know what i mean and right. i'm just i'm just kind of like it's part of the story like it drives the story like it's not like there's this whole other story going on and then they just throw in a rape <laughs> just to have a sensational scene like the whole movie's based around it and it's right. like and you're leading know. up
1: to a sex crime of the century yeah. yeah
0: yeah i mean i just i kind of feel like it's justified from a dramatic standpoint you know and people that are like well you shouldn't put this in a movie you should put that there's just no need for it because i can sit down and watch comedies and westerns and they don't need all that stuff and i'm like well that's cool but like not everybody wants to sit down and make the same movie that you want to fucking watch you know, right, right.
1: Well, really what Wes all this whole time wanted to make his whole life. He didn't want to make these nasty films. He wanted to make music of the heart, baby.
0: And he got to. And oh my God, did the world never go never. crazy for it? Did you watch that film? I never. No, that's the it's the, besides never. like the lost ones that are hard to find, it's like just about the only like mainstream Wes Craven movie I've never I, seen.
1: I don't think that there's there's only. Oh, I guess if you count together, which I can get. Well, that one's hard, like, there, that's only got German dub over and, like, mm-hmm. it's not subtitled or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I guess that would be the hard-to-find one. And, technically, he didn't direct it. Yeah. Uh, technically, he worked with, uh, that was when he first hooked up with uh, Cunningham. And he was trying to, like, get something else financed, and then they ended up doing that. But uh, he primarily, I think he filmed... Uh, stuff wested and it was editor on that film uh i went. it was a documentary it's got um uh, fuck who was in it i can't remember i'm trying to think but anyway it's not really that significant um i think that um uh Angela the fireworks woman, is and deserves to get some type of release.
0: Yeah, if only Vinegar yeah. Syndrome had a separate website where they could charge you sixty dollars for a Blu-ray. Of, I would pay uh, sixty dollars for
1: and... a decent because all we've got is a VHS of that, and yeah, I would, I would, I would pay sixty bucks for that damn thing. So.
0: So Fred Lincoln's character, he got his dick bit off by uh, the the wife, the mom and then um
1: do you, do you like how they do that crossfade like they they shot showed the gun on the floor and yeah. they do like this like um soap opera cross i love this. i actually liked crossfades. all the weird crossfades because there's yeah. one
0: during the montage like there's actually a few yeah. throughout the movie i like oh, like baking the cake and stuff yeah.
1: it's it feels so made for tv like like they, like they thought they were going to get it on tv you or know all,
0: the, all this shit these action scenes are very basic with the blocking and shit Beth, but i gotta be honest the way the camera moves and the way they're edited like, I don't know if, like, things are kind of put together with this climax scene uh, for budget reasons or they didn't know what they're doing. They had to try to fix it in editing or what. But, like, I really yeah. like this style. Like, I that's what I was saying. Like, it'd be fun to make a movie like this and, and like, not copy, like, Wes's style on it. But just right. to, to not be afraid to take an unorthodox style. Because i got to say, like... As much as I like the horror genre and shit, like I don't like watching new ones because they're all the same. They got the same droning fucking music and gray ass cinematography. Like I like shit like this that feels like more like a singular, unique vision of a movie. I'm not
1: watching this and like I guess I think what the problem with this film is, I guess it's not that bright as I remembered because I hadn't watched this uh, print in a while. Because I was just so disappointed when I first initially saw it, how like yeah. I don't know I just expected it to look better or whatever. But the
0: MGM oh, print, like yeah, like the darkness. It's like... darker though. No,
1: I know the MGM print is just overall darker, and what I what I'm seeing now is that this scene is darker. But like I think overall they brightened this uh, yeah. print overall the entire print, and so that's why because I always remember this being much darker. On on some of the VHS to the point to where I can't really, when they get into the pool, I can't really like I couldn't see the blood coming out of her mouth. And so, like yeah. the first time I ever saw this film, I think on the Vestron it's dude, it's pretty dark. Like I can't yeah. really make out a lot that's happening. Like I know it's happening, so I guess I'll give this a little bit more credit. It just seems darker or brighter than it should be. I yeah. you know I've said
0: the like they brightened, like, it, brightened it and they yeah.
1: didn't.
0: The MGM cut really doesn't look like that to me, at least. No, well, I'm not watching the MGM, but I've seen the
1: MGM, like, a million times, and, like, I don't know, of course, I watched that fan edit the other day, and they used that as a basis, and I'm like, this is what I'm used to. Like, this is the dark, like, it's not dark, but it's, like, I don't know, it's, like, everything's bolder, whereas, like, this kind of, like, I don't know, it's, I don't know. It's not bad, I guess. I'm not I don't know. I given what they worked with and stuff, that's kind of what I've said, concluded is that given the elements, honestly though, the crew and company cut looks fucking way better. So, okay. the transfer, yeah, whatever the elements they used for that particular cut or if they just used one whole print. Uh, Cuz I was watching the scene, one of the scene like the scene at dinner or something, there was like it looked like a hair was on the or something was like, I don't know, it was like this black thing, and then yeah, it was like it squiggling down. out.
0: Yeah, i seen that during that once. It was That's like on squiggling your down the print screen, too. Yeah, yeah, it like uh, squiggles okay. down the screen. It's like a shot of uh Fred Lincoln and Sadie talking, and it squiggles yep. in between them, it like goes out of frame. Kind of,
1: I never noticed, I guess, and I guess I noticed that now more. I've seen this so many times, but I just don't remember. I guess you know, like when you look. I thought
0: the print uh, was overall in good shape. Honestly, I mean, it it, it has it's lost quality because of the blow up. In terms of like the shit and like a lot of these reviews on Blu-ray.com, yeah, a lot of the reviews bitch about the print and shit and the specs and shit. I actually thought the print was in not bad shape at all.
1: And honestly, the the what we've been I've spent you know over time commenting on the clerks. I'm sure I've done it on your show here too as well. The clerks. Cause it's a 35 millimeter blow up. Hmm. It it suffers from like the same, it's got the same kind of grain as that, but like this is from 19. But I don't really
0: think that's that's a grain. That's the compression. Remember we figured out it's compression. If if, if they have the scan, even if they have the same scan bat and they do it with better compression now, it might be okay. Honestly.
1: And, 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 you know, I'm seeing similar, like the, the snow on it and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's because that's a blow up too. but like i don't even think i just think this is like 16 millimeters really grainy in general because um i have a uh a uh, blu-ray of midnight cowboy which was shot in 16 millimeter which Mm. is actually like sized properly it's not blown up or whatever it's like 16 millimeters so there's like boxes you know the black boxes on the side and stuff and that prints look super grainy too oh i guess this one does have the lobster enterprises so oh
0: yeah lobster Enterprises.
1: But we didn't seem to be off, so... Do you
0: have the Sean S. Cunningham mm-hmm. films? Thing? Yeah, okay. I thought
1: they cut that off of this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just shut it off and discussed so many times. You were just before.
0: so mad that scene was too bright for you. I Well, I just,
1: overall, I was like, just like, what the fuck? This doesn't... It, when I saw this, I said, okay, this isn't any different than the DVD. The yeah. DVDs that I've had and not to mention i don't think that your restoration is any i don't think you did anything different like i didn't yeah. it didn't look like you'd done anything like you acted like you did a bunch of restoration oh,
0: yeah. and then i'm you, you told like, the fans that you're welcome for what we did. Uh, honestly all you did is just like
1: upscaled it. <laughs>
0: that's what i thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought what they did. you
1: guys fucking upscaled it what, and, and they
0: took credit <laughs>
1: And and ported all the extras over, and then found the Krugen Company, and then went and licensed David Hess's soundtrack. I didn't initially buy that three disc. By the way, I bought the yeah. the steel book because it had the original mm. video art. And, Which is uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, and now I have the fucking video store post. Like honestly, I don't even need the steel book because I've got the video store poster, and I've obtained the Vestron, a really nice Vestron Beta tape. So. To have that classic, like, and dude, this video poster I have is like mint, it's ne- it was never hung. Like, there's that's no a,
0: that's amazing, that's rare, oh, sir.
1: Man. Yeah, I, I'm guessing like they rolled in the video store, and the video store owner was like, he's, it looked
0: at it. Uh, he's like too sleazy. Yeah, putting-
1: I, don't wanna, I don't look at the dirty, like, look at the dirt in the it's like a drawing, too. The hand that's yeah. holding the girl, and like his like nails are dirty and stuff like he's been digging around in the dirt
0: <laughs> like krug in the fucking uh, woods he, he when, had, when he, he takes a bath blood. in the pond and shit
1: yeah because but he had blood it's like you, you would have made the nails bloody it would have been more accurate but
0: yeah. since we were talking about the quality of the transfer pretty much right now back can i read the very last review from blue sure. is it about oh,
1: the transfer <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's pretty much all about the well there's some few things about it so this is coming from headhunter01. Now, he's yeah. he's a, he don't have a picture. I can't tell you what he looks like, but he's a top reviewer and he's a top contributor, baby. He, he wrote his review on February 1st, 2011. He gives the movie half a star, the video half a star, the audio half a star. Extras, he says, not applicable. So he didn't even notice that this was jam-packed full of extras, but um, overall, 0.5. This, this is what headhunter01 says about it. Baby. He says, MGM transfers suck, not worth $10. Granted, the movie is 30-plus years old, but MGM could have done better with this transfer. The 2009 remake was totally better. The acting was real cheesy. Come on, this was supposed to be Wes Craven's finest? How did is that have... the MGM, though, release that you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are all reviews of the MGM release. He says, how can you have a horror movie with cheesy cartoon banjo music? (laughs) This film did nothing for me. Video quality was worse than any DVD I own. Dirty print, hairs, dust, specks, and what have you. Fuzzy picture and dark scenes. Well, just too damn dark. And the audio just plain sucked. Not even worth the $10. I think there's some... I think uh, Headhunter 01 probably back in 2011 probably had a really cheap, shitty, off-brand LCD TV that he couldn't see shit on or he had it set up the wrong way because, like, I never thought any scene in this movie was really dark at all, like... It was appropriate, but I could always tell that it was shot day for night.
1: You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want it to be to brighten like no. this Arrow release because, uh, and I, the reason that this was probably so off putting is because I've watched the MGM transfers for so long. And I think that, and to me, in my mind, that's what it actually should look like. Yeah. Even the Vestron, even the original Vestron uh, video release looks like that.
0: But honestly, don't you think all these reviews shitting on the on on the the picture quality of the Blu-ray? Like, I mean, I get it; it's not pretty. I watched it on a sixty-five-inch four K OLED. I get it; it's not fucking pretty. But do you th- don't you think that they don't understand that this was a sixteen-millimeter, thirty-five-millimeter yeah. blue blow-up, and like we're no. g- we're just getting the transfer of the blow-up because the sixteen doesn't even exist anymore? Like, do they not? Because honestly. The, the actual video, the actual blu-ray.com website, it, it goes on and it qualifies, like, you know, this the, the way the movie was filmed and the blah, 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 but they actually gave it a four out of five on picture quality, because they were <laughs> they were saying it at least intended, like, you know, it looked like it wasn't fucked with afterwards, it at least looked like, you know, the actual movie, you know?
1: Well, my whole thing, I'm going to tell you, honestly, um, I didn't, I was not aware that that giallo black glove cover mgm i didn't realize that mgm released this their own studio yeah. uh, blu-ray i have the dvd i didn't realize and i never saw the the blu-ray and i wasn't even aware of it until you told me yeah. i i assumed you had it you had the arrow and i thought mm-hmm. that arrow was the only one that put out a blu-ray
0: yeah the, the arrow one so you came almost like nine years later after the MGM release. So I already had the MGM release when the Arrow came out. Right,
1: because it came out in 2011, I believe.
0: Yeah, the MGM did. was February 1st, 2011. That's why all these fuckers were... were,
1: Oh, I thought this came out. I thought the uh, Arrow one came out in 2011, too, as well.
0: No, let let me check it on the other editions. Oh,
1: wait, I think that's 2015 when that came out, maybe.
0: Let's see. Because they had two different... um, like one's labeled uh, remastered. Okay, so last house on the left. yeah. I mean, all the reviews are saying that the arrow was released on August eighteenth, twenty twenty.
1: Mm, no that's not that's actually not accurate because i think that's the yeah. uh,
0: single disk i'm, look, the, I'm the, looking at the the u.s release i don't know if they did it overseas I mean, I can,
1: well i know for a fact that it didn't come out in 2020 because i remember that box that came out it was like i wanted it but i was like no i've i've kind of gotten away from collecting physical media and like no and then Goat reeled me back okay, into the two, shit. two disc
0: remaster limited edition Blu-ray plus CD that came out
1: 2018. 2018,
0: yeah. Let me yeah. pull. Your yep, your, 2018. your FYE exclusive steelbook came out June 11, 20. So like they did the two disc. I didn't buy. I
1: bought it off eBay, by the way. They, it was They did, the, new, they did the
0: steelbook uh, a year later in 2019, and then they did the one disc in 2020.
1: But so. the steel, yeah, I knew that the one disc just came out not too long ago because that's what they're selling. But the um, essentially the steelbook is just the first disc of the special edition, right. and I remember the special edition was like so fucking expensive. Yeah. And um, I don't even care about the CD soundtrack because I have yeah. the vinyl, and I think it has a digital. I think it has like a code so you can download it. Really? So you know, yeah, a lot of modern records will have like you can download the album so you could play it in your car or whatever. But, yeah, because uh,
0: they know people don't really like you know, listen to the record that much.
1: Well, I mean, if you got a good setup, you do, like I do, baby. Running a Marant, a classic Marantz with wood grain, and you got, like, yeah, I mean, I got these... Class- but it's like,
0: it's like when they give you the 4K, and they're like, here's the digital code, and we know you're only going to ever end up watching the digital code because you're too lazy to put the disc I in the player. Even,
1: dude, I got uh, Motorhead's Ace of Spades, and that was the first record I, I ever got with a, one of those, like, codes, and I never... I never even activated it, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so got I... Ace of Spades on DVD audio. It sounds fucking amazing. Uh, it's DVD so fucking. Audio. This is a yes, remap.
1: This is a remastered. So it probably sounds, that's probably the remaster you've got there too as well. But uh
0: no, I oh, I'm sure I they would have had to remaster it. it for DVD. Oh, I do. oh yeah, by the way, baby, I don't watch it. Now. Like I
1: don't have no voodoo. I give all those. I give all those away. I never. Oh, used good for you. Digital. Uh, yeah, baby. You know, I uh, gave the Back to the Future one away, and you were you were so yeah. I was like I felt bad because I wanted to give it to you because you've.
0: I what, know, cause, what, cause, uh, cause my Back to the Future came from codes. UK, so I can't use yeah. the code that it came with. It
1: oh, it did come with codes. You just can't use it. Okay. I can't use it because it's UK. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just give away all that stuff all the time, and like, I don't know, man. You know,
0: I, just, I wanted to, uh, and I try to get away from here. And nobody wanted it back when nobody was using streaming. Nobody wanted, it, so I was just like, whatever. And then eventually, I think it was like ultraviolet. Was I was just like, just for fun, for a project, I went through and redeemed them, and I got like five hundred of them now. And like, what I do is when I, when I'm on the phone with my mom or something, like just to have something playing in the background. I you know I turn the audio down obviously, but I just I I, I click on a movie from Vudu and fucking you know. But Watch like all shit.
1: these, like like I've been giving away codes. Like I'll buy a Blu-ray and it'll have like a code from like 2011, yeah, or 2012, and it'll still be work. It'll still
0: work. Yeah, like you the- know, out of all the ones that say they they expired and shit, I've only yeah. had like three or four not work anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. Usually they will work even this far back, but I think that's cool. And like, if you don't, if it's like a bunch of mediocre stuff for like like me. Like I'm not really a big fan of buying studio shit, like or like newer movies. So like, oh, I
0: am. That's all I buy. You know that. I know that's all you buy, baby. That's
1: that's all you watch in movie theaters. Hey, baby, did I
0: ever tell you that I've now seen Blue Beetle three times in the theater? No, you didn't. I'm disturbed, sir. Why? It's good. It's so. If you like the first Ant Man, if you like the first Ant Man, you'll love Blue Beetle. Yeah.
1: I do like the first Ant-Man. I like the second Ant-Man too. I I watched the I tell you I watched the third one. It's a, oh, a it's, you know it's, about the, it, th- That
0: that's the one that's like the Disney uh Dude, propaganda of like a 15-year-old girl is smarter than all these scientists.
1: Hold on, baby. You know what they tried to do? They tried to make Ant-Man into a Star Wars movie. Yep. As soon as I got done watching it, I was like, "Is this a Star? Did I just watch a Star Wars movie?" There were
0: so many scenes that were so (laughs) ripped off of the fucking last uh, Jedi.
1: (gasps) What the fuck were they doing? They're like, "All right, we don't want to make another Ant
0: Man movie, but we got to.
1: We'd rather make a Star Wars movie, but nobody. The last Star Wars movie bombed at the box office, so we better not do that. So we're gonna make Ant Man Star Wars."
0: Okay okay BB let, let's not like talk too much about this or give this too uh-huh. much context but BB I'm I'm rolling off this old ass uh whatever year this was that they made this com- like it, it's got to be from the DVD um
1: it's from the first DVD are you talking about Last House
0: Yeah I'm I'm talking about the, the extra features like they're obviously yeah. in standard definition
1: uh, most of them are actually from the first MGM DVD and then um there's and then from the the one, there's a UK documentary that's from the Metrodome
0: yeah.
1: uh, DVD. That's a UK DVD, and they produce that documentary actually. But,
0: but there's a the reason I'm bringing this up is they they start bringing up that the remakes are coming, and they show like a newspaper, or actually not a newspaper, it's like a website, some kind of story listing, and they're zooming in on like the middle part that says, the headline is, Craven to remake early films. Hills and House on tap for redo. Original posting date, 2904 2904 640 p.m. Then right underneath it, I can't read it because it's like cut off because they were trying to zoom in in the middle, but underneath, uh it says com it says vance and fry comedy duo expecting it says kentucky based radio comedians join something so yeah like our good friends at dead pit they were they were in the internet news at the same time west Craven was and, and technically they appear in uh, or their names appear in this uh documentary for last house on left that's amazing maybe one day they'll talk about the movie graveyard on a special uh, edition of a blu-ray or whatever yeah well
1: uh by the way, I don't really want to give them too much credit or whatever, but uh, DP there, uh, not double penetration, but uh, Dead Pit. Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> he could be looking like that. Anyway, uh, they they this isn't how I knew about them. I'd always seen stuff because they they had been on the air and I kept seeing like them getting all these interviews. Like I don't know, it's probably like two. Because when I started listening to them, I think it was like 2007 mm. or 2008 but i'd always avoided them for the longest time i kept seeing like them and, I, and i'd and listen to them and I'm like who are these
0: hillbillies
1: like I, I at first i couldn't i couldn't even stand listening like it just sounded like yeah, a bunch of i found bikes, out about them you know, from, from uh,
0: profondo and from the blue inferno i used to watch the blue inferno on my panasonic uh blu-ray player on youtube uh Blue Inferno, if people don't know, is it, it was a YouTube channel that reviewed Blue... Like, back when hardly anybody was It was like the was first doing,
1: one, wasn't it? Yeah, when, yeah, before
0: anybody was doing Blue Reviews in um, uh, Creepy Kentucky. and uh, he. Did, I can't remember if he went by Creepy Kentucky on there or if he just went by his real name. But yeah, he reviewed things on there. And, but they uh, had
1: yeah. their own... Uh, they were one of the early ones to get into the YouTube game because they had a uh, YouTube channel. They actually did all these like on the roads, and I think that they were Mm -hmm. on their YouTube because I think that's where I watched them. But um, they had a YouTube. They were already doing – he was already doing reviews and stuff like DVD and Blu-ray, whatever. Yeah, real
0: early. Real
1: early, and I think now their podcast is based on YouTube because that's where everything is these days, baby. It's not audio. Uh, you got to do video not like
0: us we, we, we're not even looking at each other right now we're, do, we're doing the classic stuff but Man. uh that's
1: how i started podcasting and uh no. but anyway uh they were in Rue Morgue. there was a thing on um i remember there was an issue of Rue Morgue, and it was like all about the podcasts and stuff and i think like um there was like the one i listened to without your head i think they were in mm. there and like i used to listen to that guy quite a bit he would get good interviews too yeah. Uh, but yeah basically it was like the ones that would get the big interviews. I think what drew me in though, finally was like, I think they got, I think it may have been the Brown. I don't know. It was like somebody big. They got, and I was just like, I don't I have to listen, baby. And then I was like, okay, this isn't terrible. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I mean, they got a lot of big, and I think I could have sworn they interviewed Wes. Mm. I know they were, I'm pretty sure they interviewed Carpenter. And I know they interviewed, um, uh, George Romero. And, I feel like they interviewed Wes at one time because they were doing a bunch of conventions.
0: Oh, yeah. Back, and so back when, com- before conventions were all about making a thousand bucks a minute and like they would sign autographs and just bullshit horror. and do interviews for like shitty podcasts.
1: Yeah, Horror Hound. That's what, what's his name? What's his butt there from Walking Dead? Fucking, that was how he got climbed to fame was. Like, I guess he's, like, worth a lot. Some some people were saying that he's, like, worth a lot of them. And he's got a spinoff Walking Dead show now. Oh,
0: yeah, Norman Reedus, yeah. Norman Reedus.
1: But I heard, like, that's how he kind of climbed up, like, because people were saying, oh, I used to be able to get his autograph at Horror Home when he for, was first there for, like, five bucks. Now the guy's, like, uh, Robert yeah. England, And I'm like, and I really think it was from... And then uh, what's his name, Sean? That does the horror. Yeah, Sean following... Clark. Yeah, he's he like was the agent. His manager books... dude. Yeah, he still is. He was. He was is he still his manager? He, yeah, I think that's what he's doing. He's, he's, it's not I mean, he's not that. like his
0: career manager, but he's his convention manager. Yeah, I think
1: he was like his. I think he was like his manager manager, and and he got
0: um he got what's what's their names uh You're the. T- it's the the Scream Boys, he got the Scream Boys doing the. They're they're all over. The two Scream Boys that haven't been in a Scream movie for fucking forty years, like they're doing all the conventions now. Uh, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard, yeah. and yeah, like dude. all the. They need yeah, to bring all...
1: back Matthew Lillard for this. Like, I guess it's supposed to be the last and Baby, bring him. They, there's rumors he's for sure coming back in this They've movie. been
0: rumoring, yeah, for the last three movies I he's coming know, back. They just need to do it. Like, they just the, only need pro- to do the only problem it. is they actually killed off his character, though. There's no ambiguity. Eh, he killed him off. Te- technically,
1: technically, we don't really know. We don't really know if he we died. Do, I think, we do
0: <laughs> know he died. The TV fell on his head. He did kill him i have you I are you sure that could kill you? That could B, fuck you up. B, B, make you, but. They, they had a choice. <laughs> they they could have done that. cause I don't know if you ever seen the um the concept art of him all scarred up as the prison inmate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they had they had a choice. There was a, a fork in the road. They could go down that thing and realize he's been in jail all along orchestrating all the ghost faces, or they could turn Billy Loomis into a CGI D. H ghost and that's what they chose.
1: No, they want to bring. I hear they want to bring Lillard back as like a, a protagonist.
0: No, no, he's not, he's not coming back. He's not. We'll see. We'll
1: They're see running this. on it. They're run, they can't bring Nev back.
0: Uh, I don't think they killed
1: David Arquette. I, I mean, mean, come not, on, man.
0: Not that we haven't covered any scream movies here, but uh, everybody shits on all the more recent. Everybody's been shitting on scream since part four. I like. The only Scream movie that I didn't like was Part 3, but uh, I like all the Scream movies. I like, I like all the, the new movie, ones. Baby. I'm sorry.
1: What happened? I, people, oh, I'm sorry. A lot of people shit on 3. I'm sorry for you, for for your opinion on that, but I like that yeah, one. Yeah, you
0: like it. You you like uh, when Jay and Silent Bob come and the guy yeah, dressed as Daredevil flips through the scene. Yeah, it's fun.
1: It's fun. It's great. I mean, what's it? What it's amazing. Is a, it's meta, too, baby.
0: I just don't like retcon storylines, and that's why I don't like it. like the actual movie itself. Like when Ghostface is running around attacking people, and shit, it's all good, it's all good, baby. It, I don't like the storyline when they're like, "You got all Lance
1: Henderson this... in it? What the? Oh, fuck? He's,
0: he's great with the the where they walk in and they think he's the bad guy, they think he's Ghostface, but then they walk in and in a shocking twist reveal he's tied up, scared. Oh, amazing!
1: All right. Anyway, four was a pile of shit, baby. I'm sorry. Was it? Why? No, I want. I want I'm to hear sorry. it.
0: What's your I'm sorry. opinion? on West Craven's
1: last film too, as well? It wasn't his last film. Yeah, it was. Look at his IMDb. That's his last. That is his Are last. Are you sure? Film. Yeah.
0: How, would you like to place a wager on it?
1: No, I'm not a But I'm pretty sure that that's. Uh, I'm almost positive that's his last film. I mean, are you talking about something that didn't get released? I mean, I don't know if this... I never saw that Cursed movie. I thought he just produced I could that. be wrong.
0: No, Cursed was before that. Cursed was, like, way before that. Cursed yeah, was I when he was still... I know quick, that had quick, some quick release away.
1: problems. I don't know exactly when that came out, but I don't. I thought... I'm almost positive that Scream 4 is his last film. So.
0: I mean, it it very well might be. I can't get any internet to load anything in my fucking house right now.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna look at. I'll it be up.
0: amazed if we're actually recording this conversation right now.
1: 2011 Dimension Film, Scream Four is his last film on his. Is
0: they're not. Oh, you're right. They, I I thought it was My Soul to Take, but that was 2010. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. uh, and that, that's what I'm saying. That and Red. I don't, I saw Red Eye, but I didn't see My Soul to Take or Red Eye. Terrible. Uh, red Eye is not not good at all. I'll take but, My
0: Soul to Take over Red Eye. Any. I
1: would, I would. I'm willing to wager that. Even his worst film and his filmography, which um, might be Deadly Blessing or uh, Hills Have Eyes 2. See, they're not even showing Hill. Oh, they do show Hills Have Eyes 2 or Deadly Blessing might be his, la- his worst film.
0: Why what, what, his what his what does IMDb credit, credit Wes Craven for the fan films of uh, Freddy Krueger? That's so fucking weird oh because of the character yeah um, they're all characters he created the characters which yeah i mean so fucking terrible but
1: but anyway uh yeah his worst i mean even his worst film might be better than um music of the heart baby (laughs)
0: like hey you haven't even even seen music of the heart come on. that's true that's true
1: i just remember it was like i remember hearing like Wes Craven's Music of the Heart. And I'm like, Wes Craven and this music and this title do not go together. Not after you see Angela the Fireworks Woman.
0: Like, no, this, this, no, Angela the Fireworks Woman was the shit he was doing to get the milk and bread money for his kids. That was exploitation. But he was really sitting around dreaming of making Music of the Heart for her. Uh,
1: supposedly, that's what he, I love, I really love that. Remember the director's documentaries? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember the one, and then like that—that's how they were like, and then finally Wes Craven was able to do Music of the Heart, and I'm like, yeah. God, and he's like, and fear,
0: was saved. He's just—he's gr-
1: like grinning ear to ear, you know. He's just like, yeah, that's how I've always just wanted to do this, and it's just like. <laughs>
0: You sell out. You fucking sell out. In between uh, taking Polly Shore to court over the garden situation and in between their two houses, he was dreaming of making music with a heart. I just I don't you know and I I don't know. You know, you know what was weird though it was like Wes Craven wasn't afraid to put his name on anything. He would just put his name on anything no, to make it. Well, a
1: dollar. except for Angela Fireworks when he had to yeah, go yeah. by Ape Snake. On Ape that Snake.
0: One. I would have went back to Ape Snake. I think the he funniest also, thing. Did I show you? He also pops up in this
1: other porno. Did I tell you about this? One? I wrote about it in mm-hmm. uh, Sleeze Fiend. I, don't, I might have been in the last. I'm not sure because I, I each one of them I find more stuff. I think I did a retrospective in one of them on him, but I also dug up some more. He so he pops up in this damn with these double. It's like double mint twins or whatever. Anyway, they're like he's like this sleazy photographer. He doesn't do anything like in the porno yeah, like yeah. other than he like
0: fuck this... anybody yeah. yeah
1: basically he's like this photographer and he's like oh yeah like i could probably find the clip and just send you the clip that's all you need to see you don't need to see the rest of the movie i've seen the i think i reviewed the entire movie I but
0: mean, honestly though like i know there's been porno directors who like went kind of straight and like you know like danny stein and shit but yeah. like i mean is there anybody else who just had major studio film after major studio film throughout the eighties and nineties and then even some of the two thousands that used to do? Really
1: porn? god. I mean I mean this guy's doing like dramas like music of the yeah. heart and then like he is the go to, like I don't know, like they definitely fucking Weinsteins definitely were like, This is our guy for horror.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the like... Weinsteins were big, yeah. i I mean well, no, I won't I won't say anything. Yeah, let's not have uh, a, Yeah, I was about to say something Weinsteins. about maybe why the
1: Weinsteins are such a big how many mil- I mean, you gotta think, how many movies did he make? I mean, yeah. like he made probably the most money with these fuckers, which I get, you know, a lot of fucking people like I heard the whole goodwill hunting thing and like yeah. how they just like purposely pulled it and it's just like you cut your own throat out. Like you could have just kept milking this motherfucker. Like, oh, no. are you kidding me? You pulled this. Like, you got your, because you already got your fill. Like, basically, no one else got. Like, more people wanted to make, and you're like, oh, but we've already made five times what we expected. Fuck it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. They're like... probably,
1: they probably able to make the rest of the, the next year's films. On everything they made off Goodwill Hunting... I
0: know.
1: Like, they had the budgets for the next year's slate of films that they were going to do.
0: Well, right? on, on top of it, too, they were owned by Disney, so they had an endless... Like, Miramax also had, like, a lot of... Like, oh, actually, through Dimension, more or less. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of big-budget sci-fi flops. Like, they had, like, a lot of, like, $40 million sci-fi movies they would just release in the middle of fucking the fall, and nobody would go but, see.
1: But inevitably, like, the Weinsteins as a whole, I hate that we've gotten off on this, but, I mean, we're talking yeah. West. Well, we're and, like, talking yeah.
0: Scream. I mean, you can't. Yeah, really, we're talking like,
1: about yeah. Craven in retrospect, and we're kind of still on, because I mean, this is like technically this is the first actual like, um, uh, like film that he, you yeah. know, what I mean, with a plot, with a storyline and stuff like that he worked on, and we're looking at like how far this guy came. Granted, I, it's really sad because I, I really don't like, I don't think Scream Four is a, a really that great of a movie. And I mean, I, don't, like, I don't think it's, it's a
0: great movie, but I think it's a valid sequel in the franchise. The,
1: okay, then that's another thing I want to bring up. Here's another thing, though, about that, is, like, how is it, you're, like, I will say, I mean, the guy, I mean, Hills Have Eyes is a great film. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That is a great horror, like, that is a great horror film. Um, it's, a, it's a classic horror film, uh, especially of the 70s. I mean, it's not, like, it's not as good as Chainsaw, but, like, I would put that in my top 20 horror films of like all, um, all time I think. Hills Have Eyes is a really well done film.
0: It's got to be at least in the top 20 of the decade, right? Like of the 70s, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it's got this weird edge and like, you know, you, you get your first uh glimpse of Michael
0: Berry like what yeah. the
1: fuck this guy's like really it looks like a mutant in like, like In uh, terms
0: of selling the movie, it was all sold on uh, Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman was on the
1: poster and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, I mean, it's
0: he just, brought a lot of people into the theater
1: back then, baby. But to look, but to look at that, the man finished his like, like his last film of his career is a sequel. It's a, it's a sequel, baby. Like back yeah. in the day they would bring in uh Jeff Burr rest in peace i don't know if you just heard if you heard he just had yeah, yeah, he was a great so him. sad but yeah baby they would like oh, like the filmmaker would be like all right i made the first one west did this on nightmare on elm street and then you bring in the jeff burr's of the world which jeff burr he i bring in shoulders and shit yeah. yeah well i want to bring up jeff burr because jeff burr like all his sequels are like always the best like i don't know man yeah. i don't like punkin head but punkin head 2 is fucking <laughs> Dude, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like, it, it's like it's what he did the stepfather 2, right? Like he's just yeah, like Stepfather 2 is good. Yeah, it, it's actually I believe I feel like Stepfather 2 is better than the, the first film actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of
1: agree with years. that. It's it's pretty good. I mean, uh, not
0: story-wise but execution-wise, yeah.
1: And and Chainsaw 3, I mean, people might argue Chainsaw 2, it's just Chainsaw 2 is just a little too comedic from my taste uh you want to talk about bringing in too much comedy i mean like you've got some you've got some seriously like you got tom savini's effects and stuff but you're just hamming it up way too much like Mm -hmm. just a little too much for my taste to where you're like killing the uh the the brutal the brutality of it you know Mm -hmm. what i'm seeing and stuff like that um But then you get Chainsaw 3, Jeff Burr, man. So that's my whole thing is, like, Jeff Burr... They would have brought Jeff Burr in. Like, I don't, you know... I understand, you know, Wes... Or Anthony
0: Hickox, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, somebody that specializes in sequels. I mean, you know... It's like, Wes Wes could have made a lot more money if he just kept directing Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's... The Freddy shit was how New Line was built up. And it wasn't even really, like... It wasn't even really like uh what's his name? Fuck, what's that guy's name? Bob Shay. It wasn't even yeah. like he he wanted to cut Wes out and fuck him or anything. It's just Wes just didn't really want to like hurry up no. and go and go do another fucking um And he was going to
1: do 3 uh uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that his story? Isn't, like, part of Dream War? Yeah, like,
0: he, like he, he co-wrote it and shit, but then yeah. he just got busy and wanted to do other shit. Hey, by the way, before I fucking forget, we've never had this happen before, and I, I kind of have to, unfortunately, blame you for this. I think you've kind of helped bring... The, you've helped manifest this into existence, Bat. Like, I try to keep it very secretive about the next films that we're uh, going to cover, but you kind of let it slip out there uh on on the online and because wow. of that we actually had our first ever listener request was uh, our our good friend newt he uh wants to, to make sure at some point during this episode which i'm assuming we're probably wrapping up fairly soon but yeah he, want, he wanted to make sure that i refer to you as the quote-unquote last cuck on the left
1: Oh, that's oh, Captain Crapper. Oh, okay, that's Captain Crapper.
0: I didn't want to get the, <laughs> the shit started. Just weird. Yeah, I didn't want to get the shit started between you two guys because I know you guys <laughs> fight like cats and dogs. But I, it was hard to turn down the the first ever movie and in the since 2015 we've been rolling these episodes and I've never had anybody request anything be be said on the air on their behalf. So
1: he actually uh, our our my boy. Pete, Forty-second Street Pete uh, has put out a. It's actually a re. He, he re-released this and put it in like all three books into a digest. Um, and I told him about it here, like I don't know, like a couple weeks ago or whatever. And he's like, oh, I should order that. And I was like, yeah, he's you know he's got a bunch of copies and I ordered one. I love the cover art and everything. And uh, Pete uh, likes to sign the books and he'll like you know. Yeah, right
0: personalize away.
1: it for you personalize a message yeah. and he had him fucking put that in his book too And Pete put that in his book to personalize just to bust my balls so
0: yeah in the in the personalization they called you the last cuck on the list. I thought that was a little odd no
1: he was something about my mustache oh the
0: porno mustache do you still yeah. have the
1: mustache right now yeah well, it's once in a while like I'll shave it off cause I'll feel like I'll go I'll have like little mini midlife crisis where I'm like ah and then I'll get carted for cigarettes. So yeah. that's and why then I got you just my grow the bash. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and now I've I've had my moustache for like. I used to just go baby face. Baby, I used yeah, to shave yeah. my face with like just like a, you know, like a regular bic and shit and uh, a disposable. Yeah. yeah, and then I yeah like or whatever.
0: Or that's or like what I do. Like I shave once or. a week, but yeah. But I mean, I mostly I, I mostly shave because all my shit's gray, honestly.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's another thing. Like the gray's really starting to set in. So like, yeah. I I, keep, I never grow a beard or whatever because it'll be all like really grayed up yeah. and stuff. And uh, but um, yeah, like the mustache really isn't go isn't going gray or anything. But like, no, every now and again I'll just feel like you know, jeez, I'm looking older. I should, you know, yeah, I should try to go for the baby face again for a little bit. But yeah, no, the mustache I feel weird too. Like I'm like where's my mustache like because i've had it yeah. for so long so and you know i mean i don't know you can't look like a 16 16 year old forever that's nah, what he's every... that he looks like he's like he's pushing 50 but he looks like he's actually pushing 80 <laughs> and, uh, that's <laughs> what he's jealous he sees how young i keep looking New, and uh, new. How, how just successful i become and everything, and he's just jealous. Once I really world can't world. honestly
0: like I, I see a lot of different pictures of him, and I can't ever really tell how old Newt is because he's always wearing a mask when I see him. That's true. Yeah. He's the mask <laughs> bandit.
1: How out how to stop aging is that he just
0: doesn't show his face. <laughs> we uh yeah when when we get the when we get the funding coming to make our last house on the left inspired film, we'll have him be part of the gang with a mask on
1: yeah baby and, and then after all the money that we make we'll help you get plastic surgery so you can like we'll get them to do the um the eye lift and like pull your skin back <laughs> and stuff and everything
0: so you don't i don't, I don't think it. he's gonna want all that plastic surgery when he's just gonna put a mask over top of it already <laughs> like <laughs> no, why, why go after, through all the after we're big and successful we're bringing all oh
1: money we'll get people won't want to fashion. wear the
0: mask anymore when we're successful
1: yeah well he'll need to take the mask off for like the red carpet stuff you know what i mean oh, okay. at, like Cannes film festival but and- then nobody
0: so there's a catch-22 though when you get famous for being a masked man and then you try to go out promote without the mask nobody knows who you are all of a sudden
1: well, yeah, that'll happen, but I'm just thinking about, like, he'll want to be, like, he'll actually want to, like, when Marty Martin Scorsese's going, yeah. thanking us for saving Hollywood, and like, the whole film industry from this movie, co- fucking comic book bullshit, and Disney. It's
0: not even comic book anymore now, it's Taylor Swift is taking over, they can't yeah, get over... Dude, that's weird, I don't, you know,
1: this is they can't not get over
0: usual, it. though, it wasn't like the um gimme
1: shelter uh wasn't like wasn't like the rolling stones um
0: one marty already did it
1: yeah well he's yeah i was gonna say marty's done some stuff yeah he did do some rolling stone but wasn't the wasn't the ultima concert wasn't that shown in theaters
0: i think it was stock shown in like but not why i released though (laughs) not like it is now you know like like they got rid of the movies that i wanted to see a movie this week and they got rid of the fucking movies at my local theater to only show yeah Yeah. they still they still had um uh, exorcist and uh, saw x but they were like in small things so i went to look at the tickets and the like it wasn't sold out but it was like i wasn't going to go sit in the front row just so taylor and, and i checked the taylor swift ones and like some of them like uh some of the showings were big but like more than half of them only had like three four people in them but but i guess i guess it's all it was her weekend you know Friday the Thirteenth belongs to Taylor Swift. So,
1: but baby, I you like what the movie, you like what the studios have been doing, baby. You're watching movies all summer. But it's the, it's not the studios. No. It's AMC
0: Theaters released it, and they even got the other uh, what do you call it chains to release it because everybody thought it was going to fucking come out. It's like I don't care about that. I mean, I don't. That's not the music I but listen but to. You,
1: you you love all this stuff. You uh you had to see the Mission Impossible in the theaters so bad.
0: Baby, <laughs> of all the shit you could drag me on, all. <laughs> All of this shit you can drag me on like there's been nine edition impossible movies and you fucking rake me over the coals for, ha- for for having the nerve to go popcorn, to go see a movie that i didn't even like the first in the franchise that i didn't even like well it's and, about
1: damn time it's faltering fall but don't worry yeah. baby Tommy's got another one already in the can. He shot him back to back because he I don't
0: even think that's place. true. I really don't because they were saying like, oh, when he was done promoting, he was were gonna saying go during film
1: COVID. That they were like yeah. pretty much shooting him back to back. I mean, he's probably just filming the during time.
0: the whole strike. He's just ignoring the strike, and then they're gonna no, be like, oh, and Tom's had it in the can. You think for that's years, what he's man. really doing? I think he's probably in fucking Bulgaria because like the thing is, is like. Uh, yeah with it in europe
1: like you can, you, get, you you can, can get, get away, away with in
0: europe and you can get away with it just like just don't invite the other cast members and then film their shit like a week before like the movie comes out like when the strike i mean out. it's one
1: thing like that's what i think that uh i do think brad pitt was doing that with that formula of I, know fucking- I know he
0: was i know and then
1: and then they kept writing stuff about it and he's like all right guys they're on to us we gotta we gotta cut it well or what say.
0: happened was they claimed like all oh, this race that's part of the movie it only it only happens once they, every a year so so we had right. to go film the race and, and that's then they're fine. and then they're mm-hmm. like brad was not filming we want to make it perfectly clear he just was at the hotel next door to where we were filming but he never came out he was never with he, his he, i'm just he like was
1: there watching them film yeah. it that still wouldn't have technically been Fucking no.
0: wrong i don't think in my Come eyes on he was filming he was fucking filming but the th- the thing is it's like it's okay for tom to film it's okay because the the strike is not about them because like actually it's not even a strike it's a lockout my whole, like,
1: my whole gripe was that it wasn't okay for tom to eat popcorn and promote Mission Impossible but he I'm did it though it
0: he did it though like he like the movie oh, when the strike it. started when the strike started the movie was already out so unless he was going back for like week three weekend three to help pump up and get the people eating popcorn again like I, I the whole thing of like he can't do this he can't do that he already did it like it happened like
1: well I don't think he filmed it a week before the strike I think he filmed that like the that he was like, "Let's hurry up and do some no, stuff but, at your house down here. But your you, you do
0: room. all That's the what promo it like shit. Is
1: that he was at his house in mm-hmm. his own? I'm sure he's got his own private screening room because he he's does. been doing. Yeah, I'm sure he does. And I'm pretty sure that they were like, The strikes gonna. The strikes. Fucking. We can come over to your house real quick and nobody will know. Him. We'll film this shit in your screening room eating popcorn.'"
0: But the, but the, what, what what
1: I'm trying to tell you, and I've told you, he's trying to tell everybody that he did it like a week in advance. I'm like, yeah, you knew the strike was coming down. A week. Like they just, well,
0: oh, they they all knew the strike was coming down well, in advance. They
1: all knew it. I don't believe. I've I i do not know. It looked like he filmed it at his house. I feel like they did it like the, they were like, all right, baby, it's real. Let's hurry up and do this before someone catches on. Because it came. It looked like he filmed it and released it the same day he filmed it. Because look how like, why would you film that cheap shit? Why wouldn't he be, like, in costume doing something else bigger, like, a week or two before if you're really going to do, a, like, a fucking decent promo? Okay. Not not in your house, but anyway. But Tom can do it, because Tom's, you know, that was the crazy thing. Like right at, right at, now, I'm a,
0: I'm amassing the, the evidence that's going to blow every, your, every your horse shit. Inter- you
1: know what the fucked up thing was? Every time they interviewed somebody, like, from Danny Trejo to whoever down at the strike, they would always say... Well, we're not big famous people like Tom Cruise. Like those everybody down there hates that fucker.
0: <laughs> okay, so so ass- assuming what I just uncovered is like the actual dates, right? Assuming that's like the dates and all that shit. So Mission Impossible allegedly Allegedly, because you're like, oh, he's a scab. He's he's eating the popcorn in his basement. Okay, I, yeah. So Mission Impossible came out in theaters July 12th, right? I know
1: it was already out before the strike happened. Absolutely, right, right. And right. the
0: strike started July 14th. So he did all that promo shit that week, like leading up to that Friday. So it's like, and that's just normal. That wasn't like he did some sneaky shit. Like you don't promote the movie after it's been released. You promote it the week that's come out. So like, I don't really understand like why he was the bad guy for wanting. Pro- he did say like let me promote it some more like the weekend yeah. it's out and, and some more back, and they're, um yeah and they were like no we we want to lose money and it just like but he did all that he did the talk shows i watch all the interviews on youtube of all the talk shows he went worldwide he did he did it all like there was really nothing else to do like honestly so I don't really get like what he did that was crossing the line. Like, well,
1: here's my whole thing. Like right now, there's like there like Marty could be doing like for uh, his new film that's coming out. What is it? It's coming out next this Friday or well, next Friday. it's
0: it, yeah. It, it might get canceled now though because Taylor Swift is out. She might not allow the screens <laughs> to be taken away.
1: Anyway. So, like, Marty can promote, and, like, that's my whole thing. Like, directors can promote, like, yeah. and uh did he direct that new Mission Impossible?
0: Who? He didn't direct it, did he? Who, Tom? Yeah. No, Christopher McQuarrie directs them all. Yeah, Tom's so, the producer.
1: like, why, why, Tom, Tom, why aren't you fucking having the director? Like, the director's just as good as the star. To go out there and promote. So why? Well, he,
0: he, well, he the, was in the, the thing popcorn. with Tom eating the popcorn. Not not all of them, but there there was that one where they were sitting I there together the eating
1: one. the popcorn. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's been there's, created there's a great. There's two different
0: ones because he did them for he filmed oh, those yeah. for supposedly, allegedly at uh, different theater chains. Like you know what I mean? Like he did like it for one theater. I, I don't know which one. One was Regal, and one was something else. Maybe AMC. I don't know.
1: See, and that doesn't even make any sense. Doesn't he usually have one of his Tom doubles go to the movie theater and promote?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I would actually be I more excited that to see on the. You. Yeah, I would I, actually be more excited to see the Tom Double than I would be the actual Tom. To be real honest with you. And me.
1: technically, wouldn't it be legal for the Tom Double to continue to promote? Like he's not. Uh, unless he's non-union.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's like, probably the double's probably union because. Because the Tom double that I knew... uh, He was Union? He he was Union, yeah. When he was doubling for Tom on MI3 and whatever the other one was, yeah.
1: But he just went and promoted, right, at the theaters.
0: Tom did, yeah, yeah. It was more he did the... And he did a... he did a special introduction, which obviously was filmed. He was losing his voice, so it was filmed uh, months beforehand. But he did, and with the Paris backdrop, when they were filming the movie, he did the intro to say thank you for watching Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One in a Cinemark theater. So he did personalize those messages for each theater chain.
1: But what he would send the double, what's not unheard of, dude. Like I can't remember what actor, somebody like became like a big actor, and he used to yeah. like back in the, like the 60s or something like this is this is like an old hollywood thing where they would be like yeah charlton heston so we're gonna get like the charlton heston fucking doubles to go <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. well, <laughs> just to so walk in and out the excitement
1: yeah i don't know if it was charlton heston but i i think i've heard stuff like maybe charles bronson had fucking like lookalikes or something like that that went out the theater yeah, i can't remember There was yeah I, I, but yeah, you know what I mean, and I'm sure there's like uh, during the action era, I'm sure like there were Stallone and fucking Arnold, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalikes that would go and yeah. promote the movie. Like we need, we need the the Stallone lookalike to go promote Rambo.
0: Yeah. So the guy stands out in front of the theater, and the people come by, and he's like, Yeah, hey. and he's dressed up like
1: Rambo, pretty much. Yeah. Hey yo,
0: hey yo, buy a ticket. I'm
1: yeah. probably for Rocky. Hey, yeah. I can yeah. see that with Rocky, pretty heavy dude. Like, I think part Seagulls. four was
0: when he had the American uh, trunks on and shit. I think the guy was out in front of the theater. in New York. <laughs> Christ, dude. What, like, could you imagine what you would have to do for like Last House on the Left? Like, I
1: don't, you know, just to have somebody throw like a Afro wig on or whatever. Yeah
0: like my internet is so shitty and like on my phone and my it's like locking my computer we should just call this recording
1: yeah it was it was crackling baby through yeah uh, oh i noticed but i I thought that um when i used to use the recorders like you could still hear me on my end and so i just was quiet in case um it was so bad i tried to be at least i think my
0: computer needs like some more uh what do you call it storage space because well, I can't multitask. Uh, yeah, but l- let's let's rip. go ahead and call it because we might not even technically be recording right now. Got... <laughs> the 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 counter is still safe. Like it says, we've got two hours, fourteen minutes recording. But but when the the computer like locks up, the, the time will freeze for a little bit. So let's hope we actually have an episode to release let's this week. Let's hope we didn't lose the commentary. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and call it back. Obviously, thank you for getting me out of retirement to give the, the what's remaining of the listeners left that haven't been run off by the Kane talk to be now run off by the rape talk and the Taylor Swift and the Disney well, we agenda talk. Well,
1: like the outro. So like if you were just, yeah. just done after the commentary, you can just shut it off. Yeah, yeah.
0: You can always just shut it off. But we're going to call it. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a great... Uh, October. Like I don't even really know what like what goes on in October, like what you could be celebrating in October, but find something to celebrate in the great month of October and enjoy it. And then that's just it. See you next time in the movie graveyard. Damn. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.